Hello, welcome to We Don't Talk About The Weather. Political discussion from the outside may look like screaming and crying. I'm Adam and this is Hugh. Hello. And we have a special guest with us today. Hello, it's uh, America correspondent Robert Fenner. Uh, I'd just like to quickly say, um, rest in peace, DD Mega Doodoo. Uh, hashtag Blue Lives Matter. <laughs> <laughs> they do matter. They do matter. Um, specifically, Grover. <laughs> there was, yeah, there was right on Twitter the other day. It was like, I, the biggest time I got in trouble was when I said, the only blue life that matters is Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a cop now, too. Oh, damn is he? In like, the new movie, he's working with the cops. Oh, for fuck's uh, sake, him uh, and Pikachu. <laughs> Who can I trust? No. Robotnik. <laughs> yeah, I think it's only Robotnik or Mechasonic. Trust your robot, Nick. The police will never help. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so we've got our award show. We did this last year. Yeah. Um, with oh. a few. It was kind of easier last year because this year feels like it's gone on for 10 years. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's um, been a longer. It's, there's been so much and yet so little actual movement. Yeah. Um, in the same way, like, politics always mirrors the New Japan title picture. Uh, and Kenny Omega's reign was disappointing mm. and it's ended now perhaps we can go into a bright new future <laughs> with a new title holder to put that in perspective known as Brexit <laughs> Boris Johnson was foreign secretary until July of this year uh, yeah for most of this year and it's like I cannot Last remember year. him like doing a single thing um, I remember he I remember, no he got um, what's it Nazanin Zadari Radcliffe Yes, yeah, the British uh, person. Yeah, she's a British charity worker who's in prison in Iran, and he sort of let slip that she might have been a spy. Oh, he gave her a real bad time. Yeah, he he did do that. (laughs) So you know, he didn't do nothing. (laughs) He's a real, he's a real go getter. Yeah. So it's our award show. Yeah. A lot of stuff's happened. Bad stuff. Yeah, we have bad stuff and nothing. Well. That's the weird thing is that I feel like we're kind of in the same position, but more imminent. Mm. It's like, oh no, Brexit's going to happen now. It's going to happen in the next three months. Yep. Um, we will not be able to get new microphones and podcast supplies, so we no. will probably last maybe the first three months this year. Yeah. Um, and, and then we're going to move to Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> or Frankfurt. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> no. But no, we have to. <laughs> we're recording from Sealand. <laughs> oh hell yes where's Sealand going to be with regards to has that been even discussed with regards to Brexit Sealand no you see <laughs> Theresa May incompetent <laughs> not discussing pseudo-autonomous or like standing what, concrete platforms that's a server farm yeah I think that's last time I saw that that, that was all that there was there there was yeah. like servers oh the, the guy sold it up did he well yeah because um, Pirate Bay were going to buy it because they were going to fill it full of servers and then no one could stop them <laughs> I think that was a plan a while ago. But, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. We should jump so, straight into our first award. Yes, we have seven categories. Okay. Um, so, it's going to take a while. This may spread over multiple episodes. Yes. But we'll start. Yes. So, first award, the Cut My Life Into Pieces, This Is My Last Resort Award <laughs> for Bitterest Resignation. A lot of resignations this year. Yep. Uh, we're into probably, let's see, on the major time scale, we're probably into like 95... I'd say, you know, it's all faster these days, all with computers. Mm. Uh, it doesn't take that long for a government to collapse. Um, this is this government has lasted longer than it would have in the olden days. 
But I don't know. Like in the seventies, you did have hung parliaments yeah. that kind of lasted for uh, at least a few years. And what this is the third year we're heading into the th- yeah two and a half years. Yeah, and then maybe like older governments. Oh, in fact, I suppose it's the last election. If you're not, if you're counting the last election, it's actually like a year and a half. Yeah. God. God. Jesus, it is really weird. <laughs> and I do think that yeah, they would be more willing to risk it an election and sort it out properly if it wasn't for the fact that, you know, there's dangerous terrorists loving communists on the other side. Yeah. Um, so, first nominee. Okay. Uh, the British State and Carillion. Yep. Uh, Carillion, the kind of public services, privatised, like private provider, mm. uh, folded this year in, I think, February. Um, and it kind of was big news at the time and then kind of faded away. Because it does. Yeah. Um, and there's been a lot of inquiries about how much they have to pay. The government's going to be on the hook for the pension scheme, et cetera, et cetera. Untold billions of pounds. Yeah. Um, and it didn't have a resignation thing as such, like a resignation statement as such. No. But it did have um, the Work and Pensions uh, and Industrial Strategy Committee, um, the heads of which, Frank Field, who we've covered, <laughs> yeah. and Rachel Reeves, uh, oh. issued a statement after interviewing the kind of ex-heads of Carillion saying, This morning a series of delusional characters maintained that everything was hunky-dory until it all went suddenly and unforeseeably wrong. We heard variously that this was the fault of the Bank of England, the foreign exchange markets, advisors, Brexit, the snap election, investors, suppliers, the construction <laughs> industry, the business culture of the Middle East, and the professional designers of concrete beams. Everything we have... <laughs> Everything we have seen seems to point the fingers in another direction to the people who built a giant company on sand for a desperate dash for cash. Um, that's pretty bitter because Carilli was into everything <laughs> yeah. in this country. Yeah. Like, untold prisons, hospitals, schools. To be fair, infrastructure. Yeah. To you, it's not that hard to see how that happens in the horrible world that we live in when you've got that um, the shipping company that's oh, been the news God. recently, the shipping company that got like the thing that went out to tender for who to do the shipping and it went out to a private tender to just Tory friends and it went to a company that has no boats. It has no boats. <laughs> no boats and a website with a legal disclaimer done that was copy-pasted from Deliveroo. <laughs> and apparently no it's office. <laughs> it's uh, registered address was its, it's lawyers. lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Because of course... Because you know you get to this point and it is absurdity. Yeah. All of the all of the features of like the privatized economy just magnified. Yeah. To absurdity. Well, it's something you could guarantee that it's like, but you don't have any boats. Surely you can't have this contract if you don't have any boats. It's like we both know that it's not about the boats. It's yeah. Like, You're right. It isn't. And the thing is, it isn't. No. <laughs> It's like one of those Kickstarters that's like, uh, I don't know how to make games, but if you... <laughs> I've got a pretty sweet idea about shipping routes. <laughs> if you give me a million, I can go to college to learn how to do it. Or like, a, like one of those Kickstarters for games that's like, all the MMOs I play don't give you a guild bank early on enough. <laughs> it's just like a critique of games. Yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. Oh, Carillion. That's a that's a pretty bitter one. Um, yeah, I forgot about. Oh, I forget. Always forget that Frank Fields actually he has jobs. Yeah, he does stuff. Oh yeah. Other than you know, draw up his plans for concentration camps for unwed mothers. <laughs> <laughs> and like in a weird way, has a certain kind of left wing impulse in that he's always very critical of those like privatization things. Yeah. He's also very pra- like praising organic communities and like. <laughs> Yeah. Volkish, well, Volkish styles yeah. of all political he has a problem. But... He has a problem with international capital and incredibly like 
big fan of going back to the notion of tribes. Yeah, of guilds. The, yeah, <laughs> the indigenous tribes of Northern Europe. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh. <coughs> I'm not being a bit harsh. <laughs> not really, that's why he just got rid of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has he been got rid of Frankfield? Um, he's had a vote of no confidence. I'm not sure where that is now, actually. Is that we covered he's... it in an episode. But yeah, there's been remember. so many little votes of no confidence, but it doesn't really do anything, the mm. votes of no confidence. It's just like, was, to be fair, what did he expect? He rolled up his sleeves and they saw that tattoo. <laughs> 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 they saw him go to that meeting above the old coffee house. <laughs> with his horn of Odin. <laughs> uh, I'm making out that Frankfield is a much cooler far-right guy than he actually is. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, next on the nominations, uh, Amber Rudd. Oh, yeah. She was probably, well, other than maybe Boris Johnson, she was probably the biggest resignation of the year. Yeah, well, the thing is, there are quite a few mm. big ones. But, yeah, it's weird because it's like, oh, yeah, Amber Rudd, yeah, but she's back now. Yeah, she, she is <laughs> yeah back. also there's yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, it's a hard one. It's like, does it count as a proper resignation if she never really left? Again, she, she, just... went, she went in February and she was back in October? Yeah, she had a nice holiday. Yeah. And then she came back. Why did she resign? I can't even... Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> she said, and I quote, Yeah. I feel it is necessary to resign uh, because I inadvertently misled the Home Affairs Select Committee over targets for removal of illegal immigrants during their questions on Windrush. Since appearing before the Select Committee, I have reviewed the advice I was given on this issue and become aware of information provided to my office which makes mention of targets. I should have been aware of this and I take full responsibility for the fact that I was not. <laughs> That's awesome. That's such a yeah. sorry, not sorry yeah. thing of like, she went to a, uh, a parliament uh, she was. She told them that there was not like targets for removing yeah. uh, Windrush uh, yeah. migrants, and there totally were. Yeah. There were totally emails from the private company yeah. in charge of uh, like determining people's immigration status. Yeah, she knew there was. Come on, and yeah. it's oh, like yeah, you. Well, like everyone did. <laughs> it's one of those things that since like New Labour, they yeah. they have to have targets to measure it. Otherwise, it didn't happen. Yeah, like that's the whole culture of that thing, and. They even boasted, actually. They set, they did set a target, and the private company actually boasted mm. that it's like, we've achieved 10% more removals. Yeah, can we have our bonus, please? Yeah. <laughs> the Bring bonus, which is the same amount as what would have been their pensions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. Oh, God, she's she just person. She just absolutely did not did not accept responsibility. Also, like, accepting responsibility for the, like, the poor tech, like technical aspects of a policy that's monstrous yeah. yeah no one was no one who was opposed to those uh like remove like deportations was bothered that it wasn't carried out according to the spec document yeah yeah everyone was pissed off because it was people who'd been in the country for like 45 years yeah. had no connection with say jamaica yeah and they're now living in jamaica and don't know anybody yeah it's just it sucks and like it no the it, issue and, is which color pen was used yeah. And the fact that it was supposed to be blue and not red. Well, no, because blue stands for corporations and red stands for sovereign citizens. <laughs> <laughs> Using their real name, not their government. <laughs> not their government name. <laughs> um, uh, next on the list, oh, I love this. This is my favourite. Uh, oh. Claire Cober. Oh, yeah, remember Claire Cober? Head of Haringey Council. Very dangerous. You don't go to war with Claire Cober and survive. Yeah, oh. She's really such don't. an impo- amazing, powerful figure amongst in British politics. It's my stopping grounds. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she had uh, numerous votes against. She had. Uh, what's the word? She had an attack from hardline Maoists <laughs> just because she wanted to give them home. And just because she was a woman, too. Yeah. She was a woman that was trying to give them a home. 
She was through the same company that denied a lot of other women homes <laughs> in other in other like areas of London. Um, the weird thing about her was, I mean, she had she's a counsellor, so she kind of gets to set the terms of her own like resignation. I don't yeah. think she was necessarily pushed. Um, she did decide yeah. on her own because she. Uh, I can't remember exactly. She said she was leaving because those Corbynista thugs. Yeah. Yeah. She she gave a, an interview immediately, like the day she got after to be on a lot of TV it. channels and uh, radio shows. Yeah, she gave like that Guardian interview and like went on LBC and said, "I'm being hounded out just for giving people homes." Yeah. And you know, then went to work for um, what's the company? Pinnacle. Uh, Pinnacle. She's yes. the director. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to give people more homes. Good God, you cynics. <laughs> Uh, as somebody who grew up in Herringay, it is like, it is one of the more deprived boroughs north yeah. of the river. Yes. Um, how, I think in the is, country as well. It's like... I think it's one of the top, top, top 15 five or, or top five, yeah. Yeah, I know that Hackney was number one for a while, mm. but um, yeah, that place is just getting more and more gentrified and more and more impossible to live in mm. when, mm. you know, it was formerly a very, uh, very Turkish and, and Kurdish area. Yeah. And now, mm. like... I couldn't afford to live there. Yeah, it used mm. to, it was, um, mm. that's where um, my wife first lived when she moved to London because mm. it was one of the cheapest bits. Yeah. Um, no, it's yeah, it's weird how yeah, there's like um, there's a friend of a friend who's just moved there, and they were like, they were saying it like moving to Harrogate, and it's like, oh. it's like, oh no, it isn't that anymore. No, it's yeah. really Why not. isn't it that anymore. <laughs> you have to take that kind of double take when you're talking about loads of areas in London as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Still, um, Tower Hamlets. You can still go. Yeah. yeah. Still shit. Well. <laughs> Stratford. Still crap. Yeah. <laughs> There's always Stratford. If everything goes wrong, I can still move to Stratford. Move to a boat in Stratford. There's not going to be another Olympics to move me along. She was on um, the the other thing she did. I noticed uh, like much later in the year, she was on some kind of panel that like um, said, "Oh, the how are we supposed to provide housing with the supposed gentrification? Like, you know those mm. open questions that they oh, give yeah. that have an absolute answer? Mm. She was on one of those panels, so she's kind of started the panel, like mm. the Festival of Dangerous Ideas oh, uh, oh kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, she started on that circuit now as well. So you Of know. course she is, because it's, it's, really, it's really hard. When you get picked on by hard left thugs and then people throw money at you, to complain about it. It's a hard life. <laughs> As well, that interview she gave just after she quit, she's like said, um, I don't think the argument that I'm incompetent would even have been marshalled if I was a man. I almost wince in saying this because I'm not trying to say I'm great, but I'm the chair of London councils. I'm the most senior councillor in London. I lead on finance in the local government association nationally. I've led a borough for 10 years, yet the national executive of my party has people in it saying I'm incompetent. It's like, I don't what know what... over those 10 years? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't, I don't also I don't know what the national executive said to her but she wasn't like if you're looking at this as a hard left plot like she wasn't done because she was incompetent she did it because she was malevolent yeah yeah no one was saying that you know she's fucked up and done bad she's uh, bad things have happened because she's fucked up yeah it's like you've decided to do bad things over the course of a decade these bad things are having really horrible effects on people we'd like you to leave now please so we can fix the bad things you've done ah oh, just saying I'm stupid because I'm a woman it's like no I'm saying you're a literal monster just saying I'm stupid <laughs> would a person that stupid have had that many lunches and that many holidays with Lendleys I ask you stupid people don't go to Lendleys that often to the Ivy <laughs> Um, yeah, that was uh, that was extraordinarily bitter resignation. Yeah, and you know, it was, and now she is 
doing nothing. <laughs> well, she just. Well, actually, she said. Oh. I've checked her well, Twitter feed. She's doing a lot of kind of like corporate booster boosterism stuff. Go. So it's like. Sorry, Karen. Uh, no, please go ahead. Um, like her Twitter feed is full of her photos of her like leading meetings in rooms. <laughs> With yeah. lots of these are the property managers of all of these things. They're one of the biggest property property managers yeah. in in London. Uh, um, so, so she's she's directing the service that she would have been commissioning before. Yeah, hmm. it's fine. It's always fine. It's, it's always fine. It's fine. It's definitely fine. They it's said, fine that there's a revolt. <laughs> it's after she resigned. They saw that interview and said, "Don't worry, Claire. The door's always open." <laughs> <laughs> it does spin a little though. Take your time. <laughs> um, up next, we have Carwin Jones. Yeah, Welsh First Minister. Yeah, he's only just gone though, because like he announced he was leaving, and then he stayed for fucking. Yeah, he announced at the at the conference that he was going to leave, and then has literally has literally just left. Um, He said uh, in his leaving speech, he said, "In any normal political career, you expect to be put through the ringer and even have your integrity challenged. I don't think anyone can know what these last few months have been like. No one that is, apart from Lisa and the kids." They have carried me through the darkest of times. I have asked too much of them, and it's time for me to think about what's fair for them. Uh, the thing he resigned over was uh, an inquiry into allegations that he knew about bullying that led to the death of John Sargent. Um, yeah. John Sargent? Suicide. Uh, yeah, it was... Um, Where he was kicked out. He was sacked. Uh, Carl Sargent, sorry. Yeah. Not John Sargent. That's the BBC politics presenter. It was Carl <laughs> yeah. Sargent. Yeah. Um, yeah, he... There were... this. Guy Carl Sargent um, had allegations of uh, sexual harassment, I think. Sexual harassment or something. Got well, handsy was... with the ladies, apparently. Yeah. Yes, yeah, and there was no, there was no actual Allegedly. proof. Um, but he. But it was the way that the process was dealt with. Like instead yeah. of doing the thing that you're supposed to do, which is tell them why they're being suspended and why they're being investigated, he literally was just sacked. <laughs> yeah, and he uh, sadly took his own life. Yeah. Um, and there's some evidence that Carwin Jones encouraged a culture of bullying and mm-hmm. things like that. That's the specific thing. Yeah, because he has a bad reputation for being a bit of a prick. Uh, Stephen Kinnock called him a giant of Welsh politics. and uh, He is Carwin compared jo- to Stephen Kinnock. Carwin Jones, <laughs> Carwin Jones said Wales had, under his tenure, had set an example for the world to follow. Uh, now, I don't know oh. how much people know about... Poverty like, levels in Wales. Poverty levels and general politics in Wales. Yeah. Uh, you should listen to Desolation Radio for yeah. an actual full account. Because yeah. those guys are endlessly depressed <laughs> about everything in Wales. But, like, there's, let's see, there was the electrification of uh, the railways leading to stopped. Swansea, which was stopped. Um, there was the dumping of nuclear mud in Cardiff yeah. Bay. Oh, yes. No, they um, can't, you can't tell if it's nuclear because they said it's not nuclear, but they said you're not allowed to test it. Yeah. <laughs> but act like it is. <laughs> and when they said, why can't you dump it somewhere else? They said, no. Sorry, we've already dumped it. No. No. <laughs> sorry that sorry there, Walsh, when I couldn't understand you with that thick accent of yours. <laughs> You'll have to speak up. <laughs> we can't, can't hear you. Yeah, we can't um, hear you because of your rotary phones. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, just talk, yeah, I don't I don't know anyone who lives in Wales who ever says yes, Wales is a country on the grow. <laughs> Was it the, the Red Cross had to go into Wales this year? They did. Yeah. To deal with the quite staggering levels of poverty. Well, yeah, it's um, it's like, one of the poorer parts of Europe. It's like one of the most deprived parts yeah. of all of Europe. Like, yeah. like Soviet former Soviet bloc poor, yeah. and it's like, why is that when it's literally within spitting distance of Wiltshire? Yeah, 
Uh, yeah. And he's and he, like Carwin Jones's tenure has been. He's a firm like proper Blairite. Oh yeah. Um, Labour member, uh, like Labour leader. He's properly like we have to spend like give loads of money to private companies mm. to attract them here. Yeah. When they'll drop. Look at Cardiff. Drop Wales. Cardiff as soon is as, a hideous city. Yeah. And it didn't used to be a hideous city. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, but then Welsh Labour are terrible. They're all terrible. They're all monsters, and he yeah. led them, and was in front of all of that and that culture of being horrible. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think if there's a good Welsh Labour MP. Um, Paul Flynn, who's yeah dad dead now or stood down, the one who likes getting high. That's literally <laughs> the only thing I know about him. He's the most prominent. I like to get high yeah. person. Um, the one who's like um, drank wheat tea at uh, the uh, strangers' bar and things like that. Nice. Because I think that's literally all. He's like the. Um, like the Jesse Ventura. He's the <laughs> of Jesse British Ventura politics. of British politics. Yeah, because he's like, I've got, I've only got time to focus on one thing. I'll focus on getting high, <laughs> or ma- making it legal. <laughs> Banging on nuclear power stations, trying to find the aliens they're keeping there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be so good—a British version of that. <coughs> I know you've got the Dorset Osser. <laughs> I know you've got it. But anyway, yeah. So yeah. Carmen Jones, piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, next, a big one. Uh, Boris Johnson resigned as foreign secretary in July uh, because he couldn't stand the Brexit deal. Yeah, because he just couldn't. He just uh, the couldn't the Chequers deal. The Chequers deal. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, his quote from his resignation letter: "Brexit should be about opportunity and hope. It should be a chance to do things differently, to be more nimble and dynamic." Uh, to maximise the particular advantages of the UK as an open, outward-looking global economy. We are now in the ludicrous position of asserting that we must accept huge amounts of precisely such EU law without changing an iota because it is essential for our economic health. And when we no longer have any ability to influence these laws as they are made, in that respect, we are truly headed for the status of colony. (laughs) That was the funniest (laughs) bit. Yeah. For an inveterate imperialist... Celebrant of the like the British you know, yeah, yeah, to be fair, who are you gonna look who's gonna be an expert on colonies? Is it gonna be some colonized person who wasn't allowed to read, or the person who banned reading in their country? And it's just it's just a real irony that you know he spent a significant time of his like his like significant time in the culture wars that have happened over the last like 20 years. Oh, yeah, talking about how the empire wasn't so bad, being yeah. a colony was yeah. actually an advantage. Yeah, it's actually good, it's a really good thing, it's really good. No, but I, don't, I wouldn't want to do it. I don't want to be it, no, I can, but I'd like to see it, yeah, done to others. <laughs> um, he's yeah. had a big year, he has had a big, I don't know, the last few months, he's had a haircut I and everything. Seen. Oh David. yeah, mm. when he thought that uh, he was going might be going for leader. Yeah, suddenly yeah. he got a haircut. It's, yeah. He's done, he's done kind of similar things that he's always done, which is like agitate around the edges without actually having the like the balls to well, go. He's met with Bannon a couple of times now. Bannon and Gove together, and yeah. they, they were weren't they all screaming in a restaurant when somebody was taking pictures of them? Yeah, <laughs> it's like it must be like really frustrating for like I don't want to feel sorry for Steve Bannon, but to. To be Steve Bannon, have to deal with the amazing level of arrogance, entitlement, and the main thing with Boris Johnson, laziness. Yes. <laughs> it's like, so it's like, he's like, okay, no, this is what we need to do for you to be like the Trump of Britain. Mm. This is what you do. You do this, this, and this, this, and this. Okay, so tomorrow I want you to get up at seven. And, he, and Boris goes, <laughs> <laughs> but what about 11 C's? <laughs> 
And yeah, and he just can't be asked, and he's a coward. I've got all of these different mugs that I need to wash first. <laughs> Do you remember when he came out to the journalists that oh, were camping God, on, I... outside his house with the tray oh. and all of the strategically like. Easter egg mugs. Easter egg mugs. Yeah, the Tories do that all the time. They're like the worst for it. You see that with the... I, mean, was, I, I did, think it was yeah. like with the Brexit deal with... I can't remember who it was who had like going through all of them. He had all his mugs out in front of him as if he'd been drinking... First off, that he'd been drinking like coffee or tea all night. Each one from a different mug. But also magic tea that doesn't stain the inside of a mug. <laughs> yeah. Basically, he just posed for a photo with a pile of papers and a load of pristine clean mugs that had been... Just bought. <laughs> inch by inch, the Conservatives are understanding how to communicate on social media. Yep. <laughs> Just, oh, dreadful, dreadful people. It, yeah, I, he, I think he would... Uh, obviously, the resignation was bitter, but not as bitter because, like, it was so clearly done with the idea that he'd be back. Yeah, yeah. There was a real smugness about it more than yeah. bitterness. Absolutely. Yeah. And the thing is, as well, that he said... Uh, it was This was after the Chequers meeting. He said he would uh, resign if he didn't like the deal. Yeah. But he waited until a couple of other people had resigned. Yeah, yeah. Cause and then it's just coward. like, he's a terrible... Like, he's well, he needed to take his car back. He wasn't going to walk to the end of the road. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> gosh, yeah. That was reported, wasn't it? That they were going to take their ministerial cars and they'd be stranded in Buckinghamshire. As his, as his wife left... Has he left his wife now? Boris. Uh, yes, they the... have gotten a... Do- well, I don't know whether their divorce yeah. is complete. But that's the thing as well. Like, since, since he's had to move out of the ministerial house... Like, very quickly, they've had to, like, announce that they're split up because they can't bear to be in the same house together. <laughs> so that was probably another reason why he was sticking with it. Because he just oh. couldn't bear to go home and have her <laughs> once again bring up the affairs. <laughs> and the bastard children. <laughs> it's sad. It's, a, it's like, on the one hand, like, Boris Johnson, Prime Minister, would be one of the most god-awful, appalling things ever. But... To be ruled by a party king. (laughs) To be, like, serious, I fail to see what it would solve. No, yeah. He has made himself, like, his main strength is, are these, like, supposed common touch media moments that he has. And yet, there's absolutely no benefit to having them now. Oh, no. Because they're way too far gone. Yeah. Like, it's it's probably the most pointless resignation, like, the most obvious one. But I I don't know that it it was that bitter. Yeah. Okay, next one. Next one. David Davis. Always with double D. uh, Resigned as Brexit Minister. Um, No more great deal. No more good deals from David Davis. Um, he said uh, in his resignation letter of course this is a complex area of judgement and it's possible that you are right and I am wrong however even in that event it seems to me that the national interest requires a secretary of state in my department that is an enthusiastic believer in your approach and not merely a reluctant conscript see that SAS training there coming in yeah as he stares off out of the window (laughs) looking at the birds In case of attack. <laughs> Again, I don't think this was kind of any any surprise. He's no, everyone did. Because he like, turned up to like three days of work in like a year. Yeah. He's a solid Brexiteer. Um, he was put there as an appointment. He has this kind of reputation as like the John McCain yeah. of British politics. He's oh, a maverick. God. He resigned to fight He's the a war criminal. detention. <laughs> a failure war criminal. <laughs> um but he he's like the inverse of Boris in that Boris maximises his unique selling points at every possible chance mm. he can, but he has nothing underneath. David Davis has actually has unique selling points in terms of his record, mm. but never makes any issue of them. Falls into line like immediately. He does. Um, oh, so he much have, like John McCain. Yeah. <laughs> Very much so, yeah. He did right. have that amazing leadership campaign with the 
large-breasted women. <laughs> still that. Oh, the double D. Oh, the my best God. When he was up against <laughs> David Cameron. <laughs> and it was like, you could go with your hugger hoodie, David Cameron. Or David Davis, who likes the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> They're wearing my T-shirts. They're my ladies. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what else to really say about that. It, it seems really obvious. He yeah, was, was a Brexiteer. The Chequers Agreement wasn't a Brexiteer's document. It was one he of resigned. It's, like, like, it's another one that's like with Boris Johnson, like with Theresa May giving them the job, that as soon as she gave them the jobs, you could tell that they were going to have a tactical resignation. He'd already threatened it several times before, to the point of like briefing the press about yeah. the fact that he was going to resign. And yeah. He's near... He's kind of one of those figures as well. He's getting to Ken Clark's kind of status where he's just going to... Yeah. He's just going to sit out and go on a few politics programs at some point. Yeah, it's like it's weird how old Tories. This was his position. last job. Do you know yeah. what I mean? This one last, one last, one last score. Yeah, <laughs> it's one one last score before he joins the House of Lords. Yeah. Um, yeah. So next we have oh Nigel Farage. Yeah, I forgot that was this year. Yeah. It was so long ago. Well, yeah, it's yeah. like not only did he resign as leader, but he quit the party. Mm. Oh yeah, he's recently quit the party. Yeah, itself. he's recently quit the party because of because he because resigned did and you he know? came did, back. Did you know? And then did you know that UKIP? Yeah, they're far right. What? <laughs> I know. It shocked me as much as it shocked leader of UKIP Nigel Farage. But they've got Sargon and Count Dankula. They're classical liberals. <laughs> they are. They are. Dankula <laughs> was talking about how actually he's a centrist. I saw on Twitter. <laughs> Dankula says a lot with his Volkner tattoo. <laughs> actually, look, he was a socialist who was pushed to the right. Yeah. He was, he was pushed to the right because he was at that Def and June gig. And <laughs> Just the idea of like, no, I was reasonable, but now unreasonable people have pushed me to be into an unreasonable position. Yeah. What? Yeah. How was... I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to scrawl these racial slurs on the side of a synagogue, but do you know that Greg's have a vegan sausage roll? <laughs> these guys are like the believers in... Logic that never changes. There yep. is a logic to the universe that if you just are reasonable enough and yep. male enough, you can tap into. It never changes. And yet, I'm now unreasonably right wing. Yep. I don't. I, there's no logic behind that. Well, people wouldn't let me play battle raper. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you expect me to do? Uh, Farage, uh, in uh, he had an article in the Telegraph and. Uh, read some stuff out on his LBC show yeah, which on the is, day he resigned. Yeah, he still got his LBC which show. Which was very, it was right. all very much like a footnote, but yeah. um, he said, My heart sinks as I reflect on the idea that they may have been seen by some as representative of the cause, UKIP, um, for which I have campaigned for so much of my adult life. The very idea of Tommy Robinson being at the centre of the Brexit debate is too awful to contemplate. It is. So, like Nazi Germany referencing posters of hordes of migrant coming in, they're yeah. okay as long as he's on the poster. Well, yeah, it's 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 <laughs> it, it's a thing with um, UKIP is they were always the, <coughs> well, they're the the um, the conservative club fascists. Yeah, they're like the go to the Rotary Club type thing, not go to the football match type thing. <laughs> and to him, there is nothing worse than a street level Nazi. Yeah, they are unbearable because, to be fair, he's Nigel Farage spent his entire career trying to polish fascism up to such a position where he'd be allowed on TV all the time. Whereas Nick Griffin never could do that. Congrats! Yeah, he did, he it. did it. He did it. He did it really Woo! well. And it's amazing that within like a week of him leaving, then they just straight away go like they just roll up their sleeves and it's like all those tattoos and it's like yeah, and it just falls apart within seconds because it took all of his energy to hide it. 
But he didn't even hide it that well. He just put enough of a plummy accent on it. it. The idea that he doesn't know what that party is... Oh, yeah, he, no, has he knows. ...has always been. Because he was the one with the train carriage... Uh, people uh, on train carriages listening yeah. to loads of different languages. Yeah. It's like, you know what you're doing. Yeah. And you're trying to pretend like you didn't. But before... They enunciated their T's. <laughs> they didn't do it with an estuary accent. Whereas now they're doing it with an estuary accent or a northern accent. That's unbearable. Yeah. And to be fair, it is... Well, it, I thought it was more unpalatable to the British media class than it actually is. But it seems like it's really not. And we're going to have Tommy Robinson on, on um, Question Time by the end of the year. Oh, yeah. yeah more than definitely. once, probably. Yeah. He'll be on in Luton. Him on one end and Figgy at the other. Oh, um, Andrew Chowdhury. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just oh Tommy Robinson on one side, yeah, Andrew yeah. Chowdhury on the other, because, you know, we're just all <laughs> yes. about re-releases. Yes, please. <laughs> it's like, we, we've gone past the kind of early 2000s now, we've rehashed yeah. that, now we're going to get 2010s yeah. retro. Yeah, 2010 is super retro. I want so to... we're reopening the coffins coming through what Bassett. <laughs> Maybe we can reignite the kind of British national spirit and climate that we had in 2012. <laughs> and Chowdhury and Tommy Robinson were the subject of 14 Channel 4 documentaries in a year. <laughs> oh. hmm. So yeah, so that's that all of them. Yeah. But you've uh, we've to... got another one. Okay. Uh, Dominic Rapp. Yep. Another Brexit secretary. Um, who just another... couldn't find one just right at the end. Yeah. yeah. He just couldn't bear... This was presumably. His deal. I'm assuming, right? Considering the state that the Checkers deal was in, and the event, then the eventual deal, which they were very, very similar, yeah. with some, you know, added stuff in the final deal. Yeah. I'm assuming they only got really serious about negotiating while Dominic Rab was secretary. Yeah. I'm assuming he did most of the heavy lifting and the well, kind of frustrating bits. I don't think they. Did. I think look, all the stuff points towards like it was mainly done by Theresa May and civil service. Yeah. The and same the, way that the Brexit secretary just sort of sat there. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. yeah, I think that's probably what happened. Um, he uh, he said, I regret to say that following the cabinet meeting yesterday on the Brexit deal, I must resign. This deal was that was my job to strike is not satisfactory to me. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, pretty Tory. <laughs> I understand why you've chosen to pursue the deal with the EU on the terms proposed, and I respect the different views. Ultimately, you deserve a Brexit secretary who can make the case for the deal you are pursuing with conviction. I am only sorry in good conscience that I cannot. Yeah, he just he cut, he's not bitter. It's just a kind of absolute resignation mm. that this was never his. He was put there because he was a public Brexiteer, and, and oh, also Dominic Rob. Like I think they did rely on the fact that. Well, I thought they did a good job of choosing him because he is profoundly, profoundly dim. Oh yeah, like he is like you see him sitting there with his like Tim nice but dim smile. Yeah, and I think they just thought that he'd just sit there and smile his way through it, and then he could get the blame. Yeah, but you know, then he. I think he feels like he. I feel like he knew that. Yeah. As well, there, again, there was no. It's like if you if you have this deal, Brexiteers have to resign, mm. and maybe you're only kind of looking mm. at the ones who are more opportunistic, like Michael Gove. Yeah. So is that all our nominees? Uh, that's all the nominees. I wanted to make two honourable mentions. Okay. Right? These. Okay. They're not quite honorable. up for voting because they they're not resignations. Okay. One was Ian Paisley Jr. who yeah. came within four hundred votes of getting deselected. <laughs> In a rabidly pro DUB yeah. constituency, because he like took hospitality from Sri Lanka, yeah. the Sri Lankan government, and then lobbied for them, yeah. which was really really weird. Because he didn't have a traditional Ulster fry. Yeah, <laughs> he put beans in his Ulster fry. <laughs> beans um, of his Ulster fry, no orange juice. <laughs> no, lots of orange juice, loads. 
Um, the, the other honourable mention is, has just happened, uh, General James Mad Dog Mattis, oh. US Secretary of Defence, um, which is the kind of reverse situation in that he kind of kept, he said he was resigning and stepping down in March mm. um, after Trump uh, pulled troops US troops out of Syria. Yeah. Uh, Trump, after he had resigned, Trump then tweeted that he would be going immediately and replacing him immediately. <laughs> I love President Granddad so much. President Deals. Well, because he's, you know, he's, he's, as, he's as bad as all of them. Like, he is really shitty, and he's, like, he's empowering so many Nazis. Oh, yeah. But, like, Mad Dog Mattis was a piece of shit scumbag. Oh, yes. And he's like, I can't work with this man. Yeah. He's <laughs> stupid and mental. Are you, are you telling me that a general called Mad Dog and Warrior Monk is a bad person by any objective moral standard? Who takes one look at Donald Trump and goes, he's lost his mind. <laughs> We've gotten so many of Also, those one of the better things he's actually done, which is to withdraw US troops from somewhere. Well, yeah, they really hate that shit, though, don't they? Oh, absolutely, yeah. They yeah. fucking really hate yeah, yeah, it. Is, yeah, it um, is. Yeah, well, you know, well, and the thing is, we only like it because of how much we love Assad and Russia. <laughs> uh, it's of course, it does. Yeah, it's like, I love Assad. <coughs> is that a sad sponsorship come through yet? Um, unfortunately, no, it has Gosh. not come through. Um, but I Can am you allowed. Ring him again because <laughs> I'm allowed to go to his orthodontist office. <laughs> <laughs> is it still open or did he sell it? I don't think he owned it. I think he worked for. He it was like a, a orphan- proper Harley Street yeah. orthodontist, like top, yeah. top, top men. Yeah. Um, I watched that BBC documentary on Sad. Yeah, it was uh, it was a bit weird. Yeah, well, I knew he, I knew he was because I remember when he got when he became leader of yeah, Syria, yeah. and it was like it was kind of funny that this new this who's this new dictator on the block? Well, you might recognise him from when you used to get your veneers done. <laughs> Here, bite down on this, honey. <laughs> get a lollipop afterwards. <laughs> But yeah, uh, so, yeah, they're the so, two honourable mentions. Yeah. So, so what about, there's like a whole bunch of Labour as well. A whole bunch of Labour oh, cowards. I didn't, I didn't really include any Labour ones. Well, you know, there was like um, John Woodcock resigning because of hard left bullying and a sexual assault allegation. Um, there was. Um, oh God. I think we had a bunch of them. West Streeting? Did he? No, West Streeting is still. Oh fine. no, he. No, got West Streeting hasn't done anything wrong. Yeah. Okay. No, West Streeting. I think there's been an attempt to have. Uh, he had got a no confidence vote. I don't know if they've think, got. Uh, I don't think they got it. They, but, they um, got it, but it doesn't matter. It no, doesn't count. Doesn't. Yeah. No, he hasn't. Resi- he hasn't like withdrawn. He hasn't like resigned the whip. Mm-hmm. Um, but John Woodcock resigned the whip mm-hmm. because definitely principled stand against anti-Semitism. There was yeah. a bunch of principled stands against anti-Semitism. Um, someone who will be mentioned again later on, um, the weak person. Um, she stood oh. down because of anti-Semitism. Definitely not about the fact that she was about to lose her job because she was refusing to turn up to work. <laughs> <laughs> It was definitely because of her principal stand against anti-Semitism. And we'll be talking about her later in her principal oh, stand yes. against racism. Um, but there was a couple... I'm sure there were some others. Um, but again, is Champion all... still in post? Or... Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, she's yeah, still, yeah, she's she still okay. there. Yeah. I wasn't yeah, sure even if, though she, she should, she should... if she was like full-time she really uh, should be... concerned citizen now. Oh, she's a, she's so. another one we will okay, get to so definitely get she to needs later. To be... Go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, but yeah, so out of those, who do you reckon? So, so Dominic Rabb, Nigel Farage, David Davis, Boris Johnson, Carwin Jones, Claire Cober, Amber Rudd, and Kare- the British state and Carillion. See, I really enjoyed Cober. I because super I liked that. Cobra's really good. I liked the stroppiness of going on all the channels and the fact that yes. like it shows just how much which side the media's on with regards to Labour controlling, like, democratising itself. Yeah. Where 
the minor councillor of a minor constit, you know, like a, a very minor position, steps down from a job and she gets to be on all the news. Oh no, she. I mean, she wasn't minor. She was literally the head of the Greater London Council uh, thing. She was. Yeah, but that's like that's still not. She was. She was big, but that's like not nationwide fucking news. I know the problem with it is the problem with local government, which yeah. is it's delegated every responsibility yeah. and is the first thing to be cut. Mm. Plus. The democracy involved in actually selecting and retaining those councillors is fucking non-existent. Yeah. That's why they can be terrible and they never leave. Yeah. So to see one actually yeah, leave, super satisfying, and also one who had like, st- like staked her career on a particular mode of doing politics. Like mm. in this case, it was housing, but it could be kind of any public service yeah. position. For her to have staked her career and lost <laughs> is incredibly not only satisfying. Really important. Maybe the most important thing that Labour could do. I think we've done we've done yeah. an episode on like local councils and stuff. Yeah. But like the most important thing that like co- a, a co- like the Corbyn project can do it's is fucking sort out local councils. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that it happened and worked. Yeah. Um, can only be a good thing. Yeah. So and and like I say, this is bitterest resignation. Yeah. And hers was so. Bitter. Oh yeah, she was furious. Absolutely mm. furious, and she, because she had enough time to stew. It wasn't one day. Yeah. She had planned out like a week or two of things, so you got to see it spread out. Yeah. And it was. Mwah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, um, I I too am in favor of Cobra. Um, yeah. Just because I was so happy to see her um, <laughs> having having her strop. Um, Carillion is pretty good too. It is. Them like pointing the finger at absolutely yeah. everyone. It would have, it yeah. was it's one of my favorite sort of like my teenage excuse. Um, for... <laughs> to be fair, when my mum, I found... have to write a letter to the teacher to say what what I did wrong. <laughs> when my mum found weed in my room, I did blame the manufacturers of concrete beans. <laughs> If they just made them better, I could hide it better, Bob. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I think it's Claire Cobert. I, I feel like it's Claire Cobert. I think so, yeah. If we, if we Congratulations, Claire. Congratulations. The trophy will be in the mail. Although, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. You'll probably assume it's some kind of bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Would you not say it? What? No, it won't be. <laughs> be so careful these days. Okay, award number two. Our next category. Uh, the Oh Lord, He Come In Award for Hottest Take. Yeah. Yeah, oh, this a, is this a big huge. year. It's been a year for him. Yeah, holy shit. Yeah, like, there's, there's a couple of standout stars here. Yeah, if you ever get disappointed, like there's a lot on here. If you get disappointed that something you thought was really funny is not on here, like I don't know, I don't know what to tell you because <laughs> there's too many. Twitter <laughs> has allowed the si- the 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 stupid brain farts to just come out. Yep. At will, and well, like this was every day. Well, even this like, year. like last night, there was James O'Brien's "I am but a mirror" tweet. Oh God, which will probably oh. feature on next year's award show. I think it will definitely feature on next year's <laughs> award show. Um, so we'll, we'll get right into it. Uh, the hottest take machine, Brendan O'Neill. Yep. It is time we civilized the Sentinelese people. He yeah. wrote an article about how that guy who was killed on uh, Sentinel Island, an island in the Indian Ocean, yep. that has not been contacted by the outside world, is protected by Indian law mm. because they have you know, immunodeficiencies, because of not being contacted. A Christian missionary went there and was killed. Yep. And his body hasn't been returned or anything like that. Yeah, before they and tried to coming. Yeah. yeah. And they kind of they That's... went they they tried to retrieve the body, but they could not retrieve yes. the body. <laughs> Um, and of course, Brendan, <laughs> Brendan O'Neill being the human moral compass <laughs> that we all know and love, yeah. uh, decided that it was cruel 
to deny the 23 remaining Sentinelese islanders Mm. the benefits of Western civilization, such as his takes. Well, (laughs) so it's dropping iPhones onto them with Twitter already installed, (laughs) so they can read his takes. They're already following him. (laughs) Was his plan to kidnap them and put put them into good Christian families like we did in Australia? (laughs) As a gamer, I think... (laughs) I think Brendan O'Neill needs to listen to that racist song from Fallout 3 <laughs> about not leaving the Congo. It's a, oh, it's such a... It's... Brendan O'Neill is so terrible. And it's like literally anything... Did he have, has he had a thing about the vegan sausage roll? Uh, not yet, or is he but still, it's only been is he still like oh, he sleeping off New Year's? So he's still waiting on that. He has been surprisingly prolific. He has a, an article every couple of days of yeah. that thing you think actually the opposite. Yeah. Um, uh, he's got another. He's got another one on here. I've just put him next to the safe, ne- yeah. next to himself. Uh, Stormzy has been co-opted by the chattering class. He's now a guardian editorial made flesh. His every utterance conforms to their drab elitist worldview. Grime needs a new, more genuine voice. Like Brendan O'Neill. Like Brendan O'Neill. <laughs> <laughs> MC O'Neill. There's some really fantastic quotes in that article. Uh, yeah. I- wish I had them on me right now but um, I was I was reading that just before I came over um, and it was like uh, uh, oh wait when you're uh, when you're loudly hating the Tories you know your establishment then oh it's like they're in government <laughs> it's uh, it's like so many of there's like a lot of people who seem to forget that Blair isn't prime minister anymore yeah like new labor aren't in charge and oh, Labour yeah. isn't like New Labour. I, I get, I get where he's coming from. Yeah. because he he doesn't view it as literal political establishment. Yeah, he, like the spiked people generally, like yeah. the old uh, living Marxism people. Yeah. he believes that there is a moral establishment made up of the bourgeois middle class that are devoid of some indefinable vitality or spark or energy yeah. that they used to think the working class would provide, and now they think that only like proper free market mm. like capitalism can provide and stand up comedians and so if he has a guiding guiding light that is it yeah. that he will always oppose what he considers to be the chattering classes but he never takes these things apart so he's always pivoting from one thing to another yeah i'm sure it's he's definitely contradicted himself at some point oh, gotcha. but it wouldn't matter if he had oh no because it, his role is to just hook onto something like a lamprey and slowly spin <laughs> Analyzing oh, his work. I, I reckon he is truly and genuinely a grime aficionado. <laughs> <laughs> Analyzing his work is just starting a moral panic. <laughs> yeah. Um, next one. Uh, oh, James Ball. No, you missed. There's enough one here. Is there? Kevin Schofield. Oh, I I deleted that just because it was a bit boring. Okay, I could just say like Kevin. Uh, say, Kevin say, 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 no, sorry, yeah, no, okay, no, no, you're right. Okay, we'll, we'll ditch that one because we've got plenty more. But Kevin Schofield's Twitter avatar is possibly one of the most infuriating ones. That's the one with his. He's got a cigar and he's got a typewriter. Oh God! I'm a hardworking journalist. Exactly. I've he's, got a press card sticking out yeah, exactly. the top of my hat. <laughs> yeah, he had. It's like when he when he first became a journalist, his dad gave him a hat with a card in it. <laughs> <laughs> Passed it down. But yeah, okay, James Ball. Uh, James Ball. Infuriating. Uh, so. This was after Corbyn came out with um, a load of media reform ideas and, and like policies. Oh, and implied he, that people who work at the Daily Mail are bad people. And uh, so, yeah, suggested like a social audit of uh, the BBC. Yeah. Um, and there was a huge argument about how journalism is constituted class-wise. Mm. Uh, James Ball had a particular opinion on this. Yep. 
For lots of people without those uh, without uh, safety nets, getting into journalism requires massive compromises. Mm-hmm. In my case, it was working from Crawley, writing about the food manufacture sector, a job I ended up liking a lot, which taught me masses. That's not a compromise. Not, no. It's not a compromise. It's like, I did a job it. that I liked, but it wasn't <laughs> yeah. Crawley. Yeah. Uh, for others, it's less benign. Getting work on local papers. Again, that's not really good. Yeah. Anyway, pushing clickbait, running editorial lines you don't like. The route after that is working at the Mail Online or maybe even The Sun. Great principled left-wing people end up in these roles all the time. Ah, oh, yes. Citation needed. Left-wing bastion The Sun. Yeah. <laughs> Who who are these people who done it? Like I know James O'Brien would probably consider himself one, and he worked at the Express, I think, think so, and yeah. like as like a gossip columnist. And like, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of them who would say they're left wing, but they're not. I mean, kind people of, say they're left wing all the time in the papers. Isn't and isn't, not. The, isn't the point that they're not putting out left wing stuff? Yeah. What you think about things mm. is kind of second yeah. when you're pumping out the third story that week about how there are 450,000 like uh, Syrian refugees yeah. at deal. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it doesn't matter what you think. If you personally think that, you know, no borders, no cops, but you're writing constantly about how these filthy migrants are sneaking on the trains to stab your daughter. Yeah. Then, yeah, you're, it doesn't matter. There's something in there about Marx, philosophers changing the world. I, I <laughs> can't remember the exact quote, but I think that's what James Ball's getting at. <laughs> well, I, mean, um, I, I learned this year that um, all journalists um, came from a working class background yeah. and pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and nobody tells them what to think unless it's Owen Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and unless they're working very early in their career and then they're told exactly what to do. But it's all right. They're still, they're not doing what they want to. So, But you're not genuine until you're doing what you want to do. Yeah. Which is uh, something that most people in most jobs would laugh at. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't get it. Um... He also had another another great great take later on in the year, uh, talking about uh, Theresa May. Uh, May's obsession with immigration will be the defining trait of her political career. Possibly true. With the slight mystery that no one seems to know what drives it. The assessment, generally, hmm. of people I've spoken to who worked with her in the Home Office, or number 10, is this isn't an ideological thing for her. She decided that this is what people wanted, and so became implacably determined to deliver it, come what may. An unusual motivation. She's a racist. That's race, racism. Like, yeah. One of our most racist homes, home, home Sec- secretaries yeah. For, yeah. for many, many years. Yes, yeah, she's <laughs> so racist. To, like... Racially abusing fans. Like, she's just so racist. Like, everything she's done since 2010 has been race-related hatred. And then to say, but I'm not sure if she's You see, there's two Theresa Mays. James O'Brien is holding up a mirror (laughs) in front of Theresa May. And what you see is Theresa May publicly. In private, she's withered, she's haggard, she just can't bear... To separate people into categories based on their immigration status, she desperately wants to. It's the same fucking thing. Yeah, it's the same thing as it's with like, like people oh, she working for the mail. To, but she decided this is what everybody wants. It must be something to do. There's no a fucking English Protestant bullshit about doing your duty, even though you don't want to. You know, it's like all that kind of crap. But how that, does like, that? How and does it's that... giving the giving them the giving like usually, and this is always the way with these people, giving fascists the benefit of the doubt. Giving racists the yeah. benefit of the doubt, like they must, they can't be doing it because they actually believe this. But also, like that's 
that is an ideological thing. Yeah. She enjoys separating people into categories of the good and the bad. Mm. I don't think it's as distinct as particular um, ethnicities, mm. but I think she views migrants migrants yeah. as a group as an unhealthy thing. It's I don't think she's plotting, like, like far-right people accuse Blair of doing, I don't think she's plotting on bringing them in slowly but knows she has to appease people. Yeah. She's not doing that. No. She's walling them off mm-hmm. and sinking their boats mm-hmm. and chucking them out. Like, what more do you need to well, yeah, know the, the other next, than what she's literally doing? The next year, and especially like now, it's, well, it's relatively mild for crossing the channel now. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why suddenly it's like been quite a few. Sure. Um, but you watch as the it gets milder mm. and... Theresa May not racist her way into sinking a whole bunch of boats. Yeah. There's going to be a whole bunch of people Sajid dying Javid's already um, said, oh, yeah. oh, I'm putting a, a patrol boat in yeah. the channel. Yeah, they're going to be sinking them left, right and centre. And yeah. it's it's only a matter of time. Like The only reason we won't get like a big story about a big boat is because you can't really hide a big boat. It's not like Australia. I remember there was when I was there, there was like a big boat that got sank. Mm-hmm. That was sinking, and they literally watched them all sink and drown. Yeah. Um, but you can't really hide like a boat that can take like a hundred people on. Yeah. But um. Which, by the way, hasn't actually happened. No, no, they're tiny yeah. little rubber dinghies. Yeah, it's scattered numbers of people. Yeah. It's not, you know, and Europe wide, like uh, those kind of migration incidents have actually gone down. Yeah. Um, massively. Yeah. Because the Syria have calmed down <laughs> a little bit, and you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's just... No, she's a racist, and it, yeah. the next year is going to prove how racist she is. Because uh, even though there's plenty of proof, because like eight, eight years of proof for her, it's just it's such a like weird view of politics. Yeah, of, like you see, there's things people believe, and mm. then there's things people do, and Don't one has different. no connection to the other. Yeah, and it's like, so what? What do they believe? If if she if she thinks that the way of doing politics is like turning, looking at the big doll of racism and turning yeah. it up to eleven. Yeah. If that's what she thinks and then thinks, oh, well, I don't really believe this, but I'm going to do it. She's still doing it. Yeah. I, I just don't. <laughs> well, it's the same logic that led them all to defend um, Tim Farron being a homophobe. Yeah, yeah. Because like, oh, yeah, he might hold these views, but he's not going to do anything homophobic apart from constantly voting like, with homophobic policies. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's okay, great. next um, one. Next one. Andrew Adonis. Holy shit. He's that man should have that name taken from him. That name is too good a name it's for a, a really man like you. Yeah. And a really That's, bad man. That yeah. would be properly be in like an anime. Yeah. That would be like he wouldn't be an he'd be an enemy at first. He'd be a giant muscly man. Yeah, well it's like um like thingy in Armstrong. Yeah, like Armstrong in Full Metal Alchemist. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or um what's the name in One Punch Man? The um Saitama. No, 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 the big muscly dude who's from prison. Putty Putty Prisoner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Adonis is the name of the terrorist organization in the uh, women-oriented dating game that I'm playing at the moment. Really? Oh, Collar oh. X Malice. Ooh. Cops versus Adonis. <laughs> is it like an acronym? Or? I think it might be, but they haven't revealed what it stands for. I bet it stands for nothing. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, he doesn't deserve that name. Before he, he even talks. He doesn't deserve that name, but... I have three children. A son, a daughter, and HS2. <laughs> And I'm doing my best to stop the country giving birth to a fourth Brexit. So, first off, his wife is the country. So, yeah. who are his son and daughter? If his wife's giving birth to Brexit as well. We're assuming that if he's, yeah, he's given, so his liaison with the United Kingdom mm-hmm. uh, has born two human children. Yeah. 
a high-speed rail line, yeah. and will be introducing a new set of custom arrangements. Well, you know, like you know, like when Zeus comes comes to Earth as like weird. as like a as like a horny cow, but yeah. like has sex with a milkmaid. Yeah. Um, sometimes Albion will take the form of a human woman, or a train, or perhaps. An arrangement with Europe. <laughs> yeah, but the like... three things that, that you could say Albion is. When Zeus turned himself into a bull, that's yeah. like a kind of symbolic, you know, male strength kind yeah. of thing. Is that what they're saying? The strength of Britain is its high-tech rail lines? Um, well, no, it's, it's like, this is the way to pick up chicks. It's not really... Like, if Albion became a train, it wouldn't be an actual technical, high-technology, high fancy rail line. It'd be the belief in one in the future. <laughs> But privatised to the nth degree. We're getting to train keen again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that's what happened. He's doing his best to stop giving birth to it as well. So, so he's going to abort it. He's yeah. going to abort Brexit. That's horrifying gonna, image. I mean, what does secretly slipper a morning after pill? <laughs> what does the? How does the country feel oh, about? God, that? I wonder if he's done they that. Ask what the morning after pill of the people's vote. <laughs> The dancing of you supergirl down at the Mary Stokes Clinic. We're sending... <laughs> we're, we're, uh, next next nomination, uh, Frances Wheatman. Yeah, Holy shit. Well, yeah, I had not heard of her. No um, one had. Before this year. Because she's a minor councillor in Newcastle. <laughs> she won a, some kind of New Statesman Award. She has a book out. We did, again, did an episode on her yeah. earlier in the year. Yeah. Um, she is... Uh, some kind of algorithm designed to enrage people. She's after a job. On the left. She got really upset when she didn't get that job with the New Statesman. Yeah. And since then has done some really great "Don't you know who I am?" to people about how yeah. how she's a principled um, anti-racism campaigner because oh, yeah. she Comes up stood later. down from her job. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she she doesn't know what words mean. Yeah. So she and for had... someone who won an economics prize and doesn't know what neoliberalism <laughs> is, we've been over this before. It's so baffling. Uh, the, the, what so, the nature of this prize? Um, <laughs> it was called the Virago Prize. It was like best economics writing. It's not like big, big news. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest news. <laughs> um, so she had this whole thread that she started with. She didn't just say, I don't understand. Hmm. She said, it's not clear what neoliberalism is and we shouldn't use it. Yeah. It's a like, it's It's, it's <laughs> it dumb is. as hell because like, if she'd said... I really don't... If he, she just kept it at, I don't understand what neoliberalism is. Yeah. She could have done exactly the same thing, but she wouldn't have opened herself up to, like, insisting that everybody else didn't use it because yeah. she had an imperative. Yeah. She, she just think This particular take that I've got here is from the middle of this argument, um, where she was qu- being questioned on, uh, like, the nature of neoliberalism. She said, Who the hell has even fought and died for opposing neoliberalism? <laughs> Somebody replied, North Vietnam. Yeah. Cute Chile, uh, Welsh and Northern English miners. Uh, Every single yeah, union North, leader in South America. Yeah, yeah. North Vietnam, the Black Panthers. <laughs> and she replied with, can you think of anywhere not communist where people have specifically <laughs> died fighting neoliberalism explicitly? Are we included, somebody said, are we including those killed by austerity policies? No. <laughs> of course not. It's like the answer and then saying Doesn't yeah, count. But they didn't have a uniform on. <laughs> they didn't they weren't wearing the uniform of the neoliberal brigades. <laughs> well they were. They had the lightning bolts and everything. Um 
But then she well, she started off like going on like, like people said Pinochet's Chile explicitly called it neoliberalism. Yeah. Now look, don't get me wrong. People don't call it neoliberalism, other than very early on in its like intellectual yeah. history. People don't call it neoliberalism because it's a set of ideas. Yeah. It's a it's like a multifaceted thing that's grown to absorb us all. Yeah. Um, the idea that you'd specifically need it named. Yeah. In official documents, it's very much like a, a kind of lawyers, like pedants, it's like demonology. sophists, like way of doing it. It's like ah, I've gotcha. Yeah. Doesn't count. Yeah, it's like demonology. Unless you can say it's a true name, it, you know, you have no control over it. <laughs> like being told specifically who had died fighting neoliberal yeah. policies, and then to say ah, but not yeah. those ones. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's she, she's infuriating. Is, she's not even that. She's not even funny to like. No, laugh at. She's but just the thing is, she is so obviously after the work. Mm -hmm. It's so painful. Yes, and like you try not to like. I've blocked her. Oh yeah, yeah. I've muted uh, that's all of her favorite words, but <laughs> still occasionally it appears. Very interesting how people will go after. They'll still go after like Dan Hodges or Toby Young. Oh, Dan Hodges because is fun, like, they sometimes have... you want to put a pound in the like. The, yeah, the yeah. speak your idiocy machine. <laughs> yeah, you do. You know, you yeah. want another go. You want to toss another penny up the wall. Yeah. Like, you want to see what's going on. But with her, her, the reaction to her has just been a blanket, I do not fucking care. Yeah. Because she's so bad faith yeah. that there's no... It's just words. It's just go away heat. Yeah. That's all she has. That's, yeah, it's a good way of describing it, yeah. Um, next we have... Uh, oh, James Patrick, uh, who is the editor of... Shit, what was it? Some magazine. Okay. Uh, some online magazine. Okay. Um, he's a big Russia cyber warfare guy. Came up with that take last year about um, how he'd found a load of Russian sock, puppets account, sock puppet accounts that had been deactivated, and it turned out one of them was Milo. Yeah, he um, wrote a book. <laughs> he wrote a book, didn't he? Uh, about, like, Russia. I'm pretty certain I remember I someone so, on yeah. left Twitter was doing fake reviews on Amazon about it and he was saying that it was Russian bots. <laughs> He's a big Russia guy and his take before the World Cup this year, which okay. was in Russia, was suspect Russia, he's got that syntax that all those oh. like Mike Gar like Garland, Eric Garland motherfuckers have yeah. as well. Uh, suspect Russia will be encouraging the use of intravenous drugs and unprotected sex with prostitutes during the World Cup. Oh. With the scale of the AIDS epidemic in the country, it is oh. highly probable that this could be weaponized to cause a slow burn issue when fans return home. Weaponized AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the idea that he's like he's written the rest of it properly, but then um, rather than put "I suspect Russia," he's gone "suspect Russia." Yeah. Suspect Russia, like he's like he's dictating a communique. Yeah. On a microfilm. Yeah. And also, and putting if, AIDS needles in uh, the coin return slot of payphones. <laughs> <laughs> it's the idea that, like, of all the people in the world that need protecting when they go abroad, it's English football fucking fans. No, no, fuck them all. I. No, what? I was no, no. Well, no, they can all you get see, fucked. You see what it is? It's like that's very also very close to like a kind of right wing um, idea that. Enemy countries, when they can't beat someone militarily, oh, they'll try and weaken their manhood. Yeah, and it's like, are really all the estate agents from Rygate who went to Russia for the who had the money to go to Russia for the yeah. World Cup? Are they really signing up for the army? Yeah, to fight Russia? No, I don't think the West didn't. The West invented that ideal. They were all about yeah. like trying to make Fidel's beard fall out yeah. and yes. like, the gay bomb, and like, <laughs> that's that's our playbook, not yeah. Russia's. 
Yeah, but that's why we're afraid of it. It's the same, <laughs> the same reason, like when like a bloke's cheating on his wife, like he like constantly accuses her of cheating. It's that kind of thing. That's like the West does it all the time. <laughs> Because we are, yeah, I imagine there probably are still weird CIA plans to turn, like, Russia gay. They probably got, like, really, like, souped up, those kind of trying to change the manhoods of other countries since Trump came in. I bet you he went, can I see, oh, like, I, I heard about this book, The Men Who Stare at Goats. Can you, like, bring up yeah. some of those old things? I, I watched this thing about Project Wormwood. Can we do all these cool things again? <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if Trump and Putin were boyfriends, though? I can't think of oh. anything funnier. Oh, yeah, definitely. But yeah, mm. so who next? Next, uh, Dan Hodges. Uh, he's had a he's had a weird year. Um, mm-hmm. He hasn't been as prominent other than just churning out like standard right wing stuff for the Daily Mail. Um, what he has been very good at is getting comprehensively owned on yeah. Twitter over and over again. Yeah. The one I selected out of tons. Yeah. Was uh, he just asked a simple question during the Labour anti semitism crisis? So where's the proof of Tory racism? <laughs> Motherfucker. And the funny bit Just. is there were 13, like 13 <laughs> pages of people explicitly posting the news articles where Tory councillors, advisors, supporters, whatever, had been suspended for racism. There was that N-word in the woodpile thing where she still got oh, her yes. job. Oh, yes. Where they found that she hadn't been racist. And I bet you he said, well, they found that she hadn't been racist. <laughs> he never replies because he can't. No. Oh, God. He's the oh, he's, he's terrible. He's great. Yeah, he must. He it must be a fetish. Like I don't mean to yeah. kink shame Dan Hodges, but I'm sure he just <laughs> yeah. he does that, and then he just sits back in his wank chair and just sits there, as like as the takes as like the responses start coming in on a big screen in front of him, and he just goes to town on himself. <laughs> Bet you he does. Uh, uh, next With one. a glove covered in broken glass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Call me an idiot, Twitter. Call me an idiot. Um, <laughs> uh, next one. This is an international one. Okay. Uh, Sudarsan Raghavan, for, okay. writing for the Washington Post. An article titled, An Unexpected Result of Yemen's War. More men are cooking and cleaning. <laughs> A war erases jobs and countless men go to fight. More women are starting to provide uh, income for their families. This is a spicy one. Because this is very spicy. spicy. Like, ultimately, a lot of the others are like, ah, look at this idiot. This yeah. is, let's actively cheer an ongoing genocide. Yeah. Ugh. Giving it a woke spin. Yeah. Like, women can have jobs now. Yeah. Because all the men are on the battlefield. All of the soldiers are genderless drones. <laughs> <laughs> Just the idea is like, don't worry, it's good for women as well. It's horrifying. Saudi Arabia is really (laughs) leading the way in... Women's equality. Very, very lightweight women's equality. Yeah. Lightweight, I mean, because they're all starving. Yeah. Because of their blockade. That's just a brutal one. That's just horrible. Mm. Um, Yes. Uh, Oh, another international one. Jason Greenblatt. Okay. Hamas attack kites are not harmless. They have started hundreds of fires, destroyed thousands of acres, and wasted millions of dollars. <laughs> have they? Have they now? Um, oh god! I just love the. Uh, it's just the Hamas attack kites. Yeah, Hamas attack kites. That's the level that we got to. Yeah. I mean, they've been kind of gathering. Like Palestinians have been gathering at checkpoints for decades now, with like sticks and stones and throwing stones. And yeah. 
they've tried to kind of... Please, you know, they're called missiles. <laughs> <laughs> you could take someone's eye out with that. <laughs> um, I don't Misty really bruise. see... I mean, I don't. they're really only hurting themselves, Hamas, because, I mean, let's face it, if they're burning crops, it's on their land, so... <laughs> yeah. It's... Uh, <laughs> they're only hurting themselves. Um, yeah, fucking... The lengths that the Israeli government went to this year to mm-hmm. kind of portray some of the poorest people on Earth with no almost no ability to strike back at what is a gigantic military juggernaut yeah uh to portray them as the true villains is just while also shaking hands with bolsonaro yes there was essentially the 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 massacre that happened at the same time as um eurovision yeah so like right after right after israel won eurovision um with the, their yellow face song. Yes, <laughs> with the Pikachu. Yeah. Um, they the Israeli Defense Force just like out and out massacred a whole bunch of mm. uh, protesters with peaceful protesters with no weapons at all outside of. They were uh, surrounded by missiles. Yeah. It was yeah. a rocky road. Oh, of course. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. For the next one, I'll do. I'll we might as well do Benjamin Netanyahu. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, okay, yeah. but imagine. Okay, imagine me doing okay, this. Who has the best? I'll, I'm going to say this, but imagine me. Yeah. As you're a natural. The villain. start of Symphony of the Night and Dracula. You roll into the room, and I stand there. The weak crumble. The weak crumble are slaughtered and erased from history, while the strong, for good or for ill, survive. The strong are respected, and alliances are made with the strong. And in the end, peace is made with the strong. Now enough talk. Have at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This oh, was this God. was like uh, it's like it's, the thing it, for Shimon Perez. Yeah, it's like you know we were talking about it earlier about like um Carol Cadwallader has gone like um has, she like because she won an award and people and she keeps on getting all these faves yes. on Twitter that she's going to go more and more insane. Yeah, like Benjamin Netanyahu now like like palling around with um Figgy and Hungary and uh, Bolsonaro, and, Bolsonaro. and it's like he is going full blown like oh yeah monster now. He's been, he's been. He's been that for he's ages, been but in, he hasn't done speeches like that for him. Like, he's been indulged for years, and he, yeah. to be honest, 2018 is probably going to be his last year in power because he's getting yeah. indicted for um, fraud, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to his like his resignation article with Tacky Back. <laughs> why not? Exactly. At this point, why yeah. not? Yeah. Oh, he had another one this year, didn't he? Wasn't he like kind of making apologia for Hitler? Um, BB. Oh, sh- like oh, he wasn't really trying to kill them. Yeah, I think he did do the move, the moving them around thing, like yeah. the the you know Hitler wanted the Jews to leave first. Oh, the, the Ken Livingston defense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, he's Yahoo is terrible. It's bre- it's <laughs> breathtaking the amount of hand waving yeah. people are willing to do about mm. Benjamin Netanyahu in particular. Yeah. Like, say he's not the whole state of Israel, you know, whatever. He yeah. has literally been that country personified for years. How, ten years? Yeah. He's been in power, and he was in power before that. Yeah. And, come on! I know! <laughs> okay, um, next. So, oh, um, next one. Um, oh, this is my... Kasmad. I'm going to, yeah, this is this is my personal favourite of the year. So, yeah. Kasmad is um, a centrist journalist. Surprise. Uh, wrote an article in The Guardian to save Hungary's liberal democracy centrists must work with the far right arguing the only way to break Orban's stranglehold on Hungary's dying liberal democracy is a tactical alliance between liberals and Jobbik well obviously yeah well it's like 
Well, that is what you guys do anyway. <laughs> just job you it. always do it. Like, you do it for just for shits and giggles, mainly. <laughs> Orban is ultra conservative. Yeah. Bordering on fascist. Probably in his policies is is like full full blown fascist. Yeah. But he's a kind of more modern neoliberal <laughs> yeah. um, version of that in that they're all in suits, yeah. they uh, favour oligarchs, yeah. and they privatise things. Yeah. Um, Jobbik are proper get dressed up in leather tradition. vests tradition. for some reason. It's a traditional like, peasant garb that they have yeah. their they have their um their military wing dress up as. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Death uh, in June Renaissance Fair. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is literally that. Um, oh, there's some proper cool. like protest against Jewish conferences in Budapest. Yeah. Like stand outside synagogues on like the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. They are old fashioned uniform wearing fascists. Yeah. And not entirely sure what this thing, this like person thought that. What tactical alliance could they have? It would be like the Lib Dems. Why Dem- would they accept? Not whether whether the liberals would accept. Why would they accept? Yeah, yeah. But just like the idea is like, okay, look for for us for the Liberal Party, we're going to have. Well, what we'll use an example from this country? If you go with us on this slight tax on plastic bags, mm. we will help you kill all the Jews. <laughs> is that okay with you, Jobbik? <laughs> Oh no! You just want to kill all the Jews, and we won't get the plastic bags. Well, that's okay. <laughs> it, to be honest, it was only the most like naked um, statement of something that has been happening all year, which is being increasingly uh, tolerant of the far right yeah. and specifically their policies. Yeah, like having no problem with their, their not just like sheltering them, but like actually adopting like and having no problem with their policies. Yeah, like it's happened everywhere. It's super worrying. Well, it's an article in the Economist. This week, yes. was it this week or last week? They're about the um, Bolsonaro is a dangerous populist, but he has some good ideas. It's all right. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Something that would have been satire like five years ago, yeah, just is real now. The global village is Weimar. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, next one, <laughs> Eddie Marzen. What the hell, Eddie Marzen? Um, yeah. Like, what is this? Why? <laughs> yeah, Eddie Marzen isn't. Oh, what? Like. He was a perfectly fine actor, and he could have carried on with his career of being a perfectly fine actor, but he had to be an idiot. What was it about Twitter and left-wing politics that made, like, he thought people were asking for his opinion? Yeah. Well, it's so you know, strange. He, he's assumed that he's, like, some kind of political genius. Um, but, yeah. His, his hot take this year... I don't like pubs. Where I grew up, pubs were often the place where men talked bollocks and then came home and beat up their wives. I like dinner parties. People share ideas and men often take their wives. I'm sorry if that makes me a traitor to your definition of my class. Take their wives as in, what, like key party? Or... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, so if he's like middle class people famously known for never beating their wives. Never going to the pub. Yeah. Also, also like, you don't get abusive middle class people. That's why, like, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf is set on a council estate. <laughs> <laughs> but it's letting the lamb and tomato. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's terrible. He's like, it's a proper like authenticrat fucking. The stupid thing work, is that that's like, the opposite of authenticrat. No, no, but you have in in that kind of scenario, you're meant to like say, yeah, I fucking love sinking few like four, oh, no, he four X's down the pub, and it's like. Yeah, he's doing it wrong. No, he hates working class he's people. He thinks they should be gentrified wrong. up. Yeah. He does. He thinks they should be lifted oh, up. Oh, yeah, he's got the full, like, Blairite social mobility. He ha- he didn't get the memo that actually they're pretending to be working class now yeah. as opposed to pretending to be middle class. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But he's terrible. He's had, like, a stellar year of just being an abusive fucking shithill. Yeah. 
when nobody asked for it as no, well. No, no, nobody he's such, asked he's for such his a opinion. Prick. Um, oh, the next one is a good one. Uh, the Home Office. Okay. Millions of so this was in uh, some some social media ads yeah. that they put on, like facts about British history. Yeah. Uh, one of these facts was worded in this way. Millions of you helped end the slave trade through your taxes. Did you know in 1833, Britain used £20 million, 40% of the budget, to buy slaves' freedom? The amount of money borrowed for the Slavery Abolition Act wasn't paid off till 2015. Pat yourself on the back, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) You stopped slavery. Congratulations. I mean, assuming that only went out to people who, you know, are descendants of people who were living in Britain at that point, (laughs) and not the descendants of slave owners who actually got that money, which still to this day stands as the largest bailout in history. I think it might be the largest uh, outlay of money by a government ever, including wars. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, the abolition of slavery was... Possibly one of the most British things ever. Of like, mm. like it's one of those things that stands at the test of time of being like purely British. Like the British state is still that at its core. Of okay, let's get rid of this thing that we started and really loved, but we need to get rid of it now because the French are really enjoying it. <laughs> so let's burn it all to the ground while also taking a load of money and giving it to our friends. <laughs> Also saying it wasn't paid back until 2015. Yeah. It's a bold gambit to try and link austerity. Yeah. To, we need austerity because we need to pay back. Shut down those short star centres because this does it the, the fourth the, Duke of Wimbim needs some more money. The bills racked up during the abolition of slavery. Yeah. Paying slave owners. Yeah. Oh, so you want disability living allowance, do you? But well, what about the slaves? <laughs> Is that what you want? Is that what you wanted? That's what you wanted. You disgust me, racist. <laughs> now give me oh, back that scooter. <laughs> oh, uh, okay, next one. Oh. Next one. Oh, it's a, it's a good one. Uh, Helen Lewis. Yeah, uh, last year's... The only I think one she was for, hottest state winner last year. Yeah, she's the only one for the new statesman because, like, well, like, we can't have Mary LaConte because she blocked all of us. Yeah. So we Appar- can't read... Apparently, I don't know because I... <laughs> Will be honest. I think she blocked me before I had heard of her. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was that weird thing, like a cage, like she popped up recently on things because people screenshot things. It's like, oh shit, I forgot about this, like prominent left wing journalist. Um, <laughs> has she blocked you, Bob? She has not. I thought that she, she had. Oh, but oh wow. You no, lucky guy. I don't think I've come across her ire yet. You lucky guy. She had like a. Yeah. I think she got like a big old block list when people were laughing at her. Well, not laughing at. Her, they were saying like you probably shouldn't have doxed that Hillsborough activist. I, I got like, her. How dare you? I got her mixed up with Sadie Doyle recently, <laughs> who has blocked ah. me, <laughs> and I did him as well. So keeping the end up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Helen Lewis. Helen Lewis. <clears throat> No, look, I'm sorry, I can't hold it on anymore. Hold it in anymore. Oh. Gammon is such a loaded insult oh. because it implies, in a sneering oh. way, that the person you're talking about is working class. Oh. People aren't being called Pastrami, Parmaham, Brizola, are they? Perhaps <laughs> <laughs> A beautiful fusion of pretending to be outraged on behalf of the working class, yeah. which I'd just like to point out, like, okay, yeah, Gammon is a weird, a weird insult that... But it doesn't apply to working class people. It was specifically pointing out kind of comfortable older male white men. The black man on question question time who goes red in the face over not being able to use nukes. That's not (laughs) a class thing. That's just a a ruddy-faced Englishman thing. Yeah, Yeah. it's like, it's that thing of, um, like, there is a particular kind of older man whose diet is predominantly red meat and red wine, (laughs) whose gout 
flares up when they're told they can't nuke people because of Gibraltar. You know like that dinosaur in Jurassic Park that spits acid yeah. in Dennis Thingy's face? Like yeah. that? Yeah, it is, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But she, she's, so, she's so fucking good at this because while getting outraged at, on behalf of the working class yeah. that she thinks is being insulted, yeah. she then said like, Oh well, of course the working class wouldn't be into pastrami, parma ham, and brizola, and like yeah. can't afford it. Yeah, like every Christmas people post about them doing like their pears in like parma ham. Did they? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It became like prawn cocktail. Well, the thing is, I don't. The thing is, it's not like um like pastrami, parma ham, or brizola aren't sold in every shop. They're sold yeah. in my petrol station around the corner. <laughs> It's that yeah, she does that with it's like the fucking coffee bullshit all over yeah, again. Yeah, that was that her. was the hottest time. But yeah, the, the notion that gammon is like a class based insult is so fucking dumb. And also, isn't she the centrist one? So she's like, well, we shouldn't just be appealing to the working classes; yeah. we should be appealing to the middle class. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't. <laughs> her politics are strange and yeah. complicated. Yeah. Um, it's got serendipity. Yeah. This her, response, her response, anyway, I didn't have a gammon opinion, but we were basically back in the 18th century with the delicate complexion classes mocking the ruddy-faced peasantry. And hey, this is Britain, class-based sniping is our thing, but at least cop to what it is. I uh, think she might have that backwards, actually. Yeah, but also, like, the delicate complexion classes. Like, does she think we powder our faces? <laughs> <laughs> well, she's the Minecraft mom, so... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But I just like everybody also has to preface this with, oh, now I don't have an opinion. Yeah. You literally I, you, just I've, had an opinion. Saying, like, I've been dragged into this. Yeah. yeah. I've been dragged into this as my job as opinion columnist. Yeah. Who also doesn't have to have a Twitter account. No, she like, doesn't. Ha- or doesn't have to post. No. No. You don't no. have to post. Oh, I hate the pair of those people. I hate the New Statesman. It's fucking horrible. Back, I, yeah. I've Back been in the re- 1800s in Speaker's Corner, where they were <laughs> shouting about nukes until they were red in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I think calling them ruddy faced peasant- peasantry might be more insulting. Yeah. Because I don't think any of them are peasants, because <coughs> for a start, one of the things that Question Time has, and it's like, it's not really conspiracy theory, the Tory party do sneak councillors on there all yeah. the fucking time, because they're constantly getting out. Most of those people are like, they're in the Rotary Club, they're like small business owners. Small business owners, yeah. yeah. they're not like the, the, the peasantry, what the peasantry would be in this country nowadays, like especially like in London anyway, the peasantry wouldn't be ruddy-faced. But also, all of the kind of discussion about what gammon actually meant, like the you know, psychosocial breakdown, yeah. what was essentially like a funny joke, but yeah. also pointed towards a particular kind of stereotype or, or, or trope of yeah. people... They all own their own homes. Yep. They maybe own their own businesses or are retired from their own businesses. Mm-hmm. And they have a particular mindset that they don't think they need to learn anymore. That's specifically not working class. Mm-hmm. Because if they were working class, they'd still be working. Yeah. They're all retired. Yep. Ah, it's okay. stupid. Next one. Okay, Jeremy Cliff. Uh, who is he? Who There's is Jeremy so Cliff? so many of them and I can't remember who he is. Who is Jeremy Cliff? Why do... Why do you have him on there if you don't know who he is? <laughs> uh, because I do know who he is, but I just can't remember. Um, I, I have no Come idea. Come on, I remember like 40 centrist commentators. Charlemagne columnist done. at The Economist. Oh, oh boy. Oh, yes. No, now I remember. Motherfucker. Yeah. Who, why, why have I like gone like a whole year without seeing this and then you bring it to me now? <laughs> you bring this to, on this, the day of my daughter's wedding. <laughs> uh, he's a smart man. Uh, I'm pondering a theory. Britons, innate make-doers, 
We're never happier. Citation needed. <laughs> we're never happier than during World War Two. Citation crave, needed. <laughs> and crave the need to keep calm and carry on. Is hurtling towards a beans hoarding, mustn't grumble, darn your socks sort of no deal Brexit some sort of odd nation level wish fulfillment? This is the kind no. of some spooky fetishism. <laughs> yeah, not, not into this at all. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> He's wrong. Also, it's that thing of like the the idea of Britons as innate make doers, and that like um, it's a friend of ours talking when we were talking about um the Blitz and that mm. Blitz spirit thing, and him talking about how much his nan hates it because like it was shit and everyone was thieving. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it's like oh, it's. That do weird. Think, do you think he may have overlaid maybe forty years of Blitz propaganda yep. about the great British nation that was used to shore up political problems at the time? Yep. And do you think he's maybe taken that as history itself? Yep. Also, there's a basic problem with the way that he's saying it because he's saying that um, Britons were never happier than during World War Two. Um, they're make doers. They they want to not grumble. They yeah. want to be that. But in order to do that, they had to make a protest vote. But also, so that's not like voting Brexit is not must is not like. But also the mustn't grumble thing. It's is, like isn't um, that? It's like that. Re- one of those really old things. It's the thing about um shit. Who is it? the description of of um the it's like the description of the Saxons when the Normans came here of um a bunch of people sitting around muttering into their ale cups. Yeah, yeah. It's like if you're gonna say one thing about this disgusting island, it's that it's all we've got: grumbling and nettles. <laughs> so. This idea, it's like, you've seen that Keep Calm and Carry On poster, you've been staring yeah. at it while you commute to your job at The Economist for fucking ages now, and it's poisoned your brain, and you keep on shopping at, what's the shop with the, the shop for the, like, twee fascists? Kath Kidson. That's the one. There we go. Yeah, yeah. he shops there as well, you can guarantee it. <laughs> okay, so who uh, next? Next, uh, Tim Walker of The New European. Oh, God. Uh, the New European, the most successful magazine in the world. Yeah, it is. Despite nobody actually reading it, and I don't, don't think I've it. ever seen it. <laughs> I've, ever, I've seen it, but I don't think I know anyone who's written. That being said, like, <coughs> why would who would read this? But anyway, he said Muhammad Ali would have seen Brexit for the revolting, racist, selfish, nasty policy that it is, and he'd have fought it. Yes, he would. With have. his fist, punched it right in the face. <laughs> he would have. He would have sucked it in the kisser. <laughs> then it would have stopped Brexit. Do you want to stop Brexit? If Muhammad Ali had hit Theresa May. <laughs> Float like a butterfly, sting like a foot pee. <laughs> oh. Okay. That would be enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's just dumb. He's just a dumb person. It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. It's just like, was this like, when did Muhammad Ali die? Didn't he die like, like a couple of years ago? Yeah, but so like, why like why would he even bring up Muhammad Ali? Just sitting there. Like, I think he was just like the idea of like, like watching the news. Oh, just watching the news. Like, oh, this Brexit seems terrible. Do you know who just saw this? Muhammad Ali. <laughs> <laughs> Muhammad Ali would fix this. If they threw the checkers deal at Babe Ruth, he'd knock it out of the park. <laughs> yeah, it's that. It's, oh, oh. Okay, so next. Uh, Lucy Allen, <laughs> Conservative MP. Okay. So Anna Subri came out and said she thought that it was right that the Iceland palm oil advert over Christmas. Yeah. She thought it was right that it was banned. Okay. Um, I mean, it wasn't banned. It just they cut. They decided it was a political advert. So it could be on and TV. it can't be on TV. No political adverts on TV. Uh, in response to this, somebody was saying, "Yeah, of course, all you Tories are the same." Mm. Lucy Allen, Conservative MP, comes out and said, "Excuse me, she is not a Tory." <laughs> But Anna Subri 
conservative MP for <laughs> wherever. <laughs> but she is not a Tory. Because of being a fubby. And only voting in line with the Tory no, party I... and being a member of the Tory party. No true Tory. Yeah. No, you see, I read it as that thing where they think Tory is just an insult for right-wingers. Yeah. Which, I mean, obviously it is, but also is a very solidly used colloquialism yeah. for the Conservative and Unionist party. Yeah. Oh, they're so... Oh, but... She is not a Tory, I think. Though. I think that Adesubri as not a monster myth is one of the more infuriating oh, yeah. ones in the last couple of years that she, you know, oh, but she's nice and she's smart and she knows what she's doing and she loves Europe so much. <laughs> um, next we have uh, Polly McKenzie, a former Lib Dem advisor. Okay. Oh, um, this is a good one. This is a really good one. Uh, talking about the plastic bag ban. Yeah. It's now so cool to ban plastic. Four years ago, Lib Dem ministers started agitating for a 5p charge on plastic bags. It took us months to persuade Osborne and Cameron. We finally got the policy in a policy trade in return for tightening benefit sanctions. <laughs> also, uh, 2018, the year that it was found out that the 5p uh, bag charge has done absolutely nothing. And then uh, all of the plastic is due to the uh, fishing trade. <laughs> I just... So great, you did nothing. Oh. Did. It's, it's what that's what people say about them. They can't even avoid their yeah. own satire. Yeah. You no. actively did bad. Yeah. <laughs> nothing you did was good. It's just insane. That's They're what just... people said about co- the coalition government. Yeah. Those are the jokes. Yeah. You made them yourselves. You played yourself, DJ Khaled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're they're so good. Oh. They're so good. And you know, I'm really enjoying the, the Lib Dem search. Oh, yeah, haven't they gone up to, like, 10% no. on one poll or something? No, the, the last time I saw a thing about the, um, someone talking about Lib Dem search, they've gone from six to five. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they usually, they're steadily around the... Steady as she goes. <laughs> yeah, they're steady around the don't care mark. <laughs> um, this one is uh, David Quantic stroke Martin oh. Rosen. This was two oh. people. This was incredibly yeah. irritating to me at the time and incredibly disappointing, right? David yeah. Quantic, famous screenwriter, wrote quite a bit of Brass Eye. I think yeah. he's done some Doctor Who as well. Martin Rosen is the illustrator guy for The Guardian? I think he is. He's one of those political cartoonists. Yeah. Usually an excellent, solid left-winger. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't right? say excellent, but solid well, you know, left-winger. solid yeah. left winger. Like he's that. Yeah. Right. Um, so David Quantic was uh, uh, going to see a film, and he saw a man with a beard is outside the cafe photographing his hot chocolate. God, stop! Help! Stop us! Stop! If there's stop, a stop war stop. <laughs> So, yeah, Martin Rosen then replied by saying, we went to see Dunkirk in the Science Museum IMAX. A group of plumpish young men with artisanal tattoos and beautifully groomed hair and beards were looking admiringly at the Spitfire. And I'm afraid I thought if you bunch of cunts were being strafed by Stukas, you'd stop to take a fucking selfie of you and the instrument of your death. Steady on, We deserve everything we are going to receive. Like, what is it with the fucking lusting for combat? Is it maybe because you were the most privileged generation in in world history and you have never been asked to go to war? Because the closest they've ever come to suffering was literally the giant screen at the Science Museum IMAX. (laughs) (laughs) It's something about the way that they... Like, that's kind of similar to the... um, uh, What's the other one? The um, Make Do and Menders, Jeremy Cliff. Yeah. 
thing in that they've adopted their parents' generations, mm. um, not even their views, but they've kind of adopted their experiences, mm-hmm. like stealing pensioner valor. Yeah, like they've like they've experienced the blitz or they've experienced being on rations. It's like whereas in actual fact it, they went to university for free. <laughs> experiencing these events secondhand is better than experiencing third or fourth hand. Therefore, yeah, I experienced them. Yeah, like it's so fucking weird. You know, these guys in particular would be pulling out all the stops to get out of the draft. Oh, God, yeah. Just, yes. just like us. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, no, I come from a long line of draft dodgers. <laughs> Very proud of them I am. Um, but yeah, like, oh, it's just... The, oh, and it's also, they're the kind of people who's like, oh, you know, World War Two. that was a true war. A yeah. proper war. A proper war. Need you can sink your teeth in. Not war against, like... Into shape. Not war against people with different skin colour. A good, solid war <laughs> with only white people. <laughs> Just a white people war in Europe. Because Europe's so nice. <laughs> Don't have to go to the desert for my war. Okay, who next? Um, next, uh, Matt Ridley in the Times. Mm. Censorious millennials oh, are the new God. Victorians. Just a little quote here. Like a free-living Regency rationalist who uh. survived to see Victorian prudery. Uh. Like a moderate critic of Charles I trying to make sense of Cromwellian dogma. Like a Chinese Democrat hoping not to be denounced and sent for re-education under Chairman Mao. Or John McDonnell. Uh. I am an easy-going 70s libertarian baffled by the aggressive Puritanism and intolerance that seems to be everywhere on the march. Did you write that? For, oh, I was about to say, did you write that for uh. Spike Online? It's like, oh no, it's for the Times. Um, I'm hearing this take a lot from yeah. racists. Yeah, oddly yes. enough. Yeah, it's a it's a favorite one. What do you mean I can't say that word? Yeah, well, you know, it's like it's the kind of thing that Louis C.K. says. It's that thing that they, you know they they oh the, just the terrible. Oh, they love him now. Yeah, of course they do. They really fucking oh, love him. Yeah. Um, it's just that thing. Like so many of these people, it does seem to come down to like I imagine there's going to be a bunch of these articles coming out now because of people spending holidays with their family and they would have had like their eldest oh, has just come back yeah, from university yeah. it's just like dad you shouldn't say that yeah. and then they're going to write like a whole fucking screed in the telegraph yeah. about it um, I got cancelled this weekend by my daughter <laughs> my daughter no platform me by leaving the room while I was going on a gin soaked rant about John McDonnell <laughs> I'm looking forward to writing that next year <laughs> when my daughter comes back from university <laughs> If your daughter comes back from university, a diehard Labour supporter, I think you fucked up somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I was helping her try and work out how to quit the Labour fight because she can't (laughs) work it out with a bank. (laughs) It's like really fiddly to leave young Labour, and she hates them. She hates them so much. Even though it's like, I think it only costs like three pound a year, and she's like, she doesn't want to give them a fucking penny. (laughs) She's like, they just spend it on bake sales. Oh, I just... It... Well, well, what's to say about these people who, who complain about millennials being Puritans? I just... I, I, just I, because they're like, can you stop calling me that slur, please? It happened at the time, actually, I remember, and like reading it again now. It sounds like that um, Vic Reeves thing when he's talking to Jack D. Mm. With your head, like a deflated plastic bag. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. It's, um... Yeah, it's... It's so... It, it's upsetting that... There's so much money in it. <laughs> like, um, what's his name? Mm, used to do the stuff for the Waitrose magazine. Um, Sitwell. Oh, that and guy. S- Sitwell. Again, another person who I would never have known his name. I only knew him because he was on. He was one of the um, critics on MasterChef. Oh, was he? Oh, okay, yeah, then. but it's like it, it, that's he's more why, prominent. Than I thought then. Yeah. Well, that, but that's it. So yeah. it's like not really that prominent. That is but he's managed to go from being like he managed to get a pay bump and a much better job. Because of being abusive to vegans. Yeah. 
and that's the that's what happens to these people. It's, yeah. it's that's censorship. That is. Yeah, <laughs> it's mind blowing. I just don't as well. Like his historical categories, like like a free living Regency rationalist yeah. who survived to see Victorian prudery. Yeah. By the way, your hands will be chopped off if you're caught stealing, <laughs> and if you're gay, they'll execute you. Yeah, but also Victorian, sane Victorian prudery. Victorian prudery wasn't really a thing. Regency and Victorian, and yeah, like you say, Victorian prudery vastly overstated. Yeah, the, we, we live near a bunch of pleasure gardens. Yeah, which are still used as pleasure gardens <laughs> today. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, oh, isn't yeah. the point of Victorian prudery like the thing that you hate about it is its hypocrisy? Yeah, is like everybody's having affairs mm. and like pretending to be really moralistic, whereas yeah. like that's the exact opposite now. Yep. Well, now People you know, are having sex less and thinking about it more. If you're if you're not gay, they kill you, but nobody's actually gay. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Fuck. Also, um, easygoing 70s libertarian that it just reeks of just like, I really hate immigration, but I love getting high. <laughs> libertarian, like, has always meant the same thing, which is that, like, yeah. I have sensible like worries about the ethnicity of my drug dealer. <laughs> I love Three Dog Night, and they're all bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> Next hot take, uh, Simon Jenkins. Okay. Uh, the mo- world's most average columnist. Yep. Uh, as a feminist, why should Meghan settle for being a dutiful royal wife? Yep. The Duchess of Sussex has been described as a political animal. Yep. Could we see her in the White House one day? Nope. <laughs> what's that, what's like, that rule in headlines where it's like, if you're asking a question, the answer is no? <laughs> Yeah, it's like, um, I, I'm going to tell you what Megan's going to do. She's going to be a breedmare for the House of Windsor, because that's literally the only reason that you get allowed in. Aside from the obvious fact that, what are her politics, other than she's a Hollywood celebrity and you make certain inferences from that? I I've I've never imagine, heard any Bearing in mind that she's probably a, like an American TV liberal... She is essentially a Maoist compared to the House of Windsor. <laughs> her, like her dad says that he's go- that she's ghosting him at the moment. So yeah. anti patriarchy. Yeah, okay. yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. Right. There's been a lot about that, which, um, which I just think is like it's like if he doesn't shut up soon, he is going to have a horrible car accident in <laughs> Paris, which is weird for someone who lives in America and doesn't seem to go to Paris in Paris, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like. What you expect? Oh, I hate any talk about like, just like the politics and the lazy. desires of the royal family. It's like it doesn't matter what they want. I want them gone. And if they're like super left wing, they wouldn't be there. Yeah. Yeah. Like also like the idea that he's he's looking at the royal family and then seeing someone described as a political animal, and it's yeah. like you know that just means like not inviting people to the right parties or telling them <laughs> the wrong dress code. Yeah. Like well, that's what they royal observers mean. Although when political animal. Hang on, the first, isn't there like the one of the or you know direct rule. <laughs> one of the main things I've seen is like there's like a because listening to LBC all the fucking times. There's a rift between Kate and Meghan because Meghan oh, yeah, told my... off one of Kate's servants. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. She's a political animal. She's yeah. you know going to reinstitute the divine right of kings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. And also, uh, uh, just one more thing, like. The idea of, oh, she's unique, she's political animal, she could be in a position of leadership one day yeah. when she's away from the royal family. Yeah. It's like, the Queen is a political animal. She's yeah. literally at the end of the legislative process. Yeah. How is that? Oh, just oh, so stupid. Anyway, uh, next one. Uh, Tim Farron mm-hmm. gave a speech to the Oxford Union. Uh, oh. I argue that the poison oh. in our national life 
is the chemicals in our water supply. No, that's just me. Um, <laughs> the, the poison in our natural life is identity politics. <sighs> this is who I am, or else you accept me, or else you accept me on all my terms, or else you commit violence against me. Identity politics is insidious, irrational, and leads to decisions that threaten our liberty. Says a man who said that he couldn't do his job because they wouldn't respect him being a Christian. They wouldn't respect his identity. So yeah. he's just mad that he can't say that he gays burn in hell. Is no. that it? Yeah, that is generally it. I think that, that is it, yeah. Yeah. Because they people got like annoyed at him for being a homophobe. <laughs> it's like, how dare you? How dare you? Who I... is the real criminal? Who's the real bigot here? Me, who thinks gays should be hounded out of public life? Or you, who's hounding me, a good Christian man, out of public life? <laughs> No, I am still an MP, of course. Why would you ask? <laughs> he's he's just such the opposite thing. For him to lead the Lib Dems into an election, mm-hmm. being who he is, the yeah. absolute opposite of what maybe once made the Lib Dems slightly distinct, yeah. which was a solid, if maybe a little hand-wavy commitment to multiculturalism and yeah. like uh, LGBT rights yeah. in the face of maybe an authoritarian strand within Labour. Yeah. Um, the idea that they pick him to lead them is just... Oh my god. Yeah, just terrible. Yeah. Who next? Uh, This is from Mother Jones. Okay. uh, What is Mother Jones? It's a liberal left magazine in America. That don't pay their contributors. That. Of course they don't. (laughs) Mother Jones, named after a labour rights activist. (laughs) Fantastic. That sounds pretty Um, great. And have. Are in, they have gone off the deep end. I mean, you think the new statesman bad. Mother Jones is 10 times worse. Okay. Had a take saying. If there's going to be a wall, let this be a collaboration between American and Mexican designers. It's a high-tech ectopia. And they had like a mock-up of like a super shiny, like Halo-style-like uh, wall. To be fair, it was beautiful. It looked like a Hiroshi <laughs> oh, Nagai painting. <laughs> it looks great. That is the uh, um, very artistic, authoritarian future I want to live in. <laughs> That's just... And you know, it's, it's see-through. Trump said the wall needs to be transparent. Job done. <laughs> That's, oh my god, that is just horrifying. That is so horrible. The person who wrote the art, I can't remember who wrote it, but their defense on Twitter was like, obviously you didn't read it. They're like, well, yeah, (laughs) we did. (laughs) And it's still horrible. And this is unbearable. Yeah. Oh, okay, who next? Uh, Is this the last one? No. Toby Young. Okay. uh, In response to an article about uh, French immigration and (laughs) them winning the World Cup. Yeah. Uh, got a lot of kind of players of African origin, mm-hmm. Middle Eastern origin. Um, couldn't one just as easily argue, using the same logic, that the success of the Blues is a testament to the benefits of French colonialism? Without backflow from French colonies, Les Blues, now he uses the oh. French Les and the English Blues, <laughs> which just is gorgeous. Uh, Les Blues would not have won, but no colonialism, no backflow. Yes! Ah. Get in there! Those uh. lucky, lucky Africans. <laughs> They're lucky that the French turned up. Because then, hundreds of years later, after all of the stuff... Like, I've read that um, book about the Haitian Revolution. If only they knew that their great, 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 great grandkids could be in a World Cup winning football team... Also, not really knowing anything about French imperialism either, because like French imperialism was different from British imperialism. They considered Algeria a department of France. Yeah, like they actually considered it French mm. territory. Mm-hmm. 
And so it's not so much immigration, except, of course, it is mm-hmm. the way he views it, because it's other races. Mm-hmm. It's non-white French people. Yeah. Oh, totally it's young. just... It's so dumb. Totally um, beautiful band. Uh, John Rental, next one. Uh, historical note, in 1947, bread, potatoes and petrol were rationed. What we had after 2008 was not austerity. Oh, my God. <laughs> to oh. which people replied, you do know how people buy potatoes, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> you do know how this whole deprivation thing works no he doesn't because he doesn't understand human food being a creature of the night <laughs> I mean he doesn't need petrol does he really no, he doesn't, he doesn't. Have a car. or he, maybe he has that car for the monsters like a giant <laughs> hearse with like a big throne on top that he sits on <laughs> yeah I could see do that just, I mean, of course it's not austerity for him because he can afford those things. Yeah. Whereas if he were in 1947, he wouldn't have even been able to get them because yeah. the actual supply was restricted. Yeah. It's, ah, just who goes on there and just does that out of no, without yeah. thinking about it? Well, yeah, they, that's what, that's why how they get into this whole category. And he's still nominally Labour, right? No, he quit. He quit, right? But he still considers himself like a liberal and therefore yeah. in... In theory, opposed to austerity. Yeah. So lessening theory. it, why? Yeah. Like, what does that gain you? No, they're, they're one of the, he's one of those ones that aus- you need to do austerity to prove that we're good with money. But who? Yeah, I know, it's, I, yeah. It's insane. But yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, Tony Blair, oh, that's a good one. Okay. Describe, when he was describing the need for a second referendum in an interview with The Guardian, he said... What if I stood for PM as Labour but turned out to be Conservative? That's what a second. That's what uh, the referendum was like. Uh, uh, um, well, <laughs> what if I said I was one thing and then turned out to be another? Tony Blair. I, there's something I can't put my finger on here. <laughs> Again, that's another like um, of that one of those kind of things. He, that's literally the joke people have been writing yeah. about him for. Years, literally, and he just why I'm far left. Literally, yes. why I yes. hate the Labour Party. Yeah, and he's like, "Well, what if I did that?" And it's like, "You did, you did. I did. I remember that happening." Stop telling me I'm crazy. <laughs> Look, I, I watched you do it. I think I don't even think he was necessarily a conservative. I think he was something new. I think he was something different mm. than a conservative or a Labour PM. Yeah. Because that's what, like, that, Worse new, and better. that neoliberal thing does. Yeah. It's a different kind of category. But, like, just to fall into it so easily. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no stakes for him. No. There's no battle to be won. Like John Rental, mm. like we just did. There's no stakes. Just far out whatever. Well, no, John Rental can't have stakes anywhere near him. It's <laughs> 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 in his contract. Uh, <laughs> next up, uh, Sam Bowman. Oh, uh, self-described yeah. neoliberal. Yeah, I think he writes for Cap X, which is that yeah, weird, what... like, city firms and dark money opened up a pro-capitalism magazine. Yeah, you know, keep it alive. Yeah, uh, he had some things to say about housing. Mm-hmm. Uh, renting is much cheaper than buying. It does not it force you to invest half your income in a single asset. Definitely, you can put the difference in an index fund. Yep, it means you're not at risk of losing your home if mm-hmm. interest rates spike. It gives you the freedom to move. Cheaply and easily, uh, and then when pointed out if renting was cheap, that rent if renting was cheaper to buy, then buy to let wouldn't be a thing. He said buy to let is a thing because the landlord effectively acts as a property manager and gets a salary from that. Buy to let when you employ someone else to manage the property isn't very lucrative. There's just 
It really is. That's yeah. proper opposite day shit. Yeah. Like, I know, like you two as renters, you love it when you have to move. Don't you? you love that freedom. Oh, that so freedom good. to move. Yeah, yeah. But it's cheaper as well. Mm. You know, you don't have to pay as much, which well, is the standard definition of cheaper. Both of your investment funds must be doing so well <laughs> compared to my investment fund, which is I, terrible. I had to move into a much smaller and rattier place for about two hundred pounds a month more, um, and I couldn't be happier. Yeah, so, <laughs> I'm so lucky for that. Yeah, yeah, you're lucky to have that opportunity. <laughs> and don't worry, because like it wiped, wiped out all my savings. But you know, I'm, I'm doing yep. it right now. <laughs> that has happened, yes, several times. <laughs> of like, and also, you know, that's the good thing about renting. You're secure. It's mm. what a lot of people say about renting. Mm. It's very secure. Nothing screams security like a six-month contract. <laughs> or a 12-month contract where you're asked to leave after eight months because they're selling for £300,000. Yeah. Yeah. Typical, sensible, easy, flexible, Just normal easy, things. normal renting. Yep. It's fine. Renting crisis, apparently. I don't know what they're talking about. No, not at all. Uh, it's just... Um, okay, final one. Yep. Final one. Johnny Mercer, this is a strong one. I'll give you he's tweeted at some some somebody, I don't know who. I'll give you one last chance at honesty. Did you insinuate my wife was a prostitute on the Plymouth Herald comment section? <laughs> I'd forgotten all about that. Really saving the best for last year. Oh such a good one. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. I can't even remember what I can't even remember why they were fighting. Well, someone insinuated his wife was a prostitute on the... Look, you may not keep up with the Plymouth Herald comment section, as I do. Well, you have to. You run all the sub-comment accounts accusing journalists of having their wives be prostitutes. It's just like, that's somebody who severely does not understand how the internet works. Yeah, yes, yes. (laughs) Just think there's any kind of, like, trackability in that kind of thing and just to air it in public as well mm. something you're going to come out of looking like a fucking dickhead the statements contained in my Encyclopedia Dramatica article are supremely <laughs> false <laughs> we'd like to make, make the record clear <laughs> I have been unfairly banned from moderation of my own page <laughs> <laughs> okay so who wins it's a hard Ooh, one because this is it's so long and like, so I'd say, much I'd say the Wheatman, even though she's been really like infuriated, she doesn't deserve anything. She doesn't. Hell I don't no. think she wins this. No, don't give her the satisfaction um, because no. it's not a particularly hot take. It's just a bafflingly no. yeah. obtuse kind of take. I I think I'm going to put my vote in for um, Polly McKenzie with the Lib Dem Ooh. one of just like proudly boasting about taking money out of people's pockets. To get a five p charge on bin on plastic bags, I just think that's like, it's so good. I it's I, like it's like if they said like, look, we took us ages of of like pressing and pushing to get gay marriage through, and all we had to give them was sending all those gay people back to Nigeria. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like it's yeah, like that. it's so self defeating. Of yeah, yeah we're going to take the five p's and we're going to. They're going to need all the five P's they can get because we're cutting their benefits. Yeah. It's oh, it's so good. <laughs> I personally, I think I like the Andrew Adonis one. Oh, because it's grotesque. all of the others make sense. Yeah. They're ridiculous, but they kind of make sense, grammatically. Yeah. What, what possessed him to start analogising when he was presumably half-cut? Yeah. Sleepy? 
Well, he remember he was like he didn't take Christmas off because of Brexit, and he was like tweeting about how horrible Brexit's going to be from his Swiss lodge. Yeah, this Swiss. It was like a Swiss lodge or an Austrian lodge, and yeah. like and it was it was incredibly picturesque. And he was like, "Oh, these people don't understand what Brexit's going to do to us," <laughs> while he's drinking his Luvine. Entirely tone deaf. Um, yeah, maybe Andrew Adonis because he it's, is so, and he's like almost like, um, he's almost like the high priest of fuck peace. Yeah. Well, I'm getting like a real like Amaterasu vibe from what he's saying. I'm yeah. Like, you know, my three children and I need to, who are my human children and the train, I need to stop the country from giving birth to Brexit. Yeah. It's really like, oh, like I made love to the country to create the emperor. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I am the rain that falls on the, on the water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Andrew Adonis. Yeah, that's a, it's a grass for godhood. Just for the image that of Andrew Adonis, him wandering through the forest people. and you hear the... As conjured out of nowhere is a is a part woman part train that you immediately have sex with. <laughs> immediately, yeah. Yeah, I think I think he wins that. Yeah, yeah. 